Uh, why is that all bloody frozen? Welcome back to the resupply with me, Guy Next Door. Like immediately. <laughs> and me, fan. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, bringing your weekly double tap of all things Space Marines and Laser Force. That's just a weird thing that Discord does, right? If you if you have Discord not like not full screen or not in the main screen. It freezes the video conversation. It's really dumb. Um, right. <laughs> Hello, fellas. How the bloody hell are we? How you guys doing? Um, chat is small. Good. Good. IRX site. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Even though I've done no prep work for the show whatsoever, <laughs> I am. I, I am what still very. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I am still. I'm still very, very excited about this one. Hell yeah. Um, welcome. Welcome to your chat. Very nice to see you all here. We um, we will keep our small talk to a, a bare minimum today. Um, so, Stallion, I asked just before we went live, how you spell jewelry? And uh, that's the spelling that I got it got from the two Americans. Uh, Technically, I didn't tell you how to spell it. You just asked, it's jewelry, right? I said, it's jewelry, not ju, <laughs> but whatever you wanted to say. Whatever. I, I didn't actually spell it out for it's you. Definitely. So just, you can blame whoever you want. I blame both of you. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, what else is new? Yeah. That's, I'm going to throw that out there. What else is new? Yeah, I, I rarely take... Uh, take any responsibility for the issues that i have um <laughs> these unnecessary letters uh i hope everyone's had a great week um boy oh boy what a busy week it's been for the resupply uh community this week we um we did a bunch of stuff and all of it was super fun um most of it was super fun we built some lego we watched a movie together um for some reason we were gods at Fortnite, but we'll talk about that in a little bit with our special guest um does one really need to prep for Lord of the Rings? Surely we've seen it enough that we can almost quote it. I haven't watched that film. I haven't watched the film for about 15 years. I, I'm going to hazard a guess. I, I don't think I've I've seen it once, maybe, since uh, outside of the theater. So twice. Seen it twice before before this week. So uh, I watched it again. Steve is providing our, our everyman view <laughs> of the, the film here rather than the uber nerd mm. that is the, the other people on this podcast and much yeah, much like the everyman partway through the podcast because it will be a long one i'm gonna take a nap much like the film um so no 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 that's 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 I'm just just jokes um completely your lasers theme graduation artwork if you guys want to see it i've had a look at it it's in the discord um congratulations lucy it looks bloody cool real real cool um but anyway uh let's let's we'll bring it up guests in a minute um then did you you said prior to starting you wanted to like bitch about something <laughs> i mean don't i always no um so it's you know no it's like no mystery everybody like the last like few weeks my my computer has been twitchy at 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 best and i've kind of worked it down to I think it's the power supply, which is which because just, you know, random intermittent issues, this, that, the other. Fine, whatever. So I figured the other day I got done with work. I'm like, you know, I'm going to do some I do some actual troubleshooting with some hardware monitors and see if what I think is happening is actually happening. And of course, could not get the issue to 
reproduce while looking at hardware monitors and seeing if like there was just like a a, a voltage or wattage drop from the from the power supply to video card. And then I got the broad idea, wait a minute, I have a spare power supply because I just have one. And I was like, this is this will be easy then. I will just swap power supplies and, you know, test it on something different and see if the issue goes away. And if it does, great. I'll just buy my, you know, I'll just use that one. Cool, fine, whatever. Um, so I, you know, do surgery on 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 my computer, you know, swap out old power supply, put in new power supply, and I mean it's not the most difficult thing in the world to do, but it is, you know, a little time consuming as far as that goes. Put everything back together, everything's plugged in, everything's turned, everything's sorted. Turn the computer back on. Nope, computer doesn't even power on. My backup power supply was fucking dead. <laughs> so all the time you had a backup and, for that. <laughs> all the time, energy and effort spent swapping power supply out for absolutely nothing because it was a dead power supply. Fine, fuck. At this point, I'm more irritated than than usual because, as you all know, I've run on a constant level of irritation. So I put my original power supply back in, get everything connected back up, turn my computer back on. No display. Mon neither monitor turns on. What? <laughs> no. I know you work. I know this works because I just I just use this. But the monitors know they're plugged. They're plugged. Fuck. Plugged into something because when I unplug them from the video card, they're like, hey, I don't have a signal. Turn everything back off. Reopen the case. Unplug all the power connections. Replug them all back in. Reseat them. Put everything back together. Turn it back on. And then it works. Order has been restored to, to in the universe. But it was two fucking hours of basically surgery, putting back together, finding out shit didn't work, and then surgery again to put stuff back together to have it not completely work, to have to do a little more to finally get it to work, to get it back to exactly where it was when I started. You could have watched two-thirds of Lord of the Rings. I'm literally about to say it. Together. <laughs> Just yeah, about to no. say exactly the same thing. Totally Did you try couldn't. throwing the power supply into the fire to see if it would make any letters <laughs> pop up along the edges of it to see if you had the one true power supply? <laughs> uh no no i did not although that that may have been a, a little more a little more useful as far as that goes but for fuck's sake yeah it was like yeah an hour and a half two hours to get right back to right where i was when i started and still not have the bug repro on the old power supply boy that that was a, a long story uh <laughs> Get ready for those. We got a lot of those today. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Quality entertainment here, kids. Uh, <laughs> speaking of quality entertainment, I, I'm going to cut your story off short. I've no, found myself that, that's like, it. I'm done. That super distracting. Yeah. Um, that's the story. If you guys want to check out uh, Than's band, and you should because they're awesome, they just released uh, their second. No, no, no. First, first album. No. First album. For, first for the album. Jet noise. Yeah, first album and last album for the band because you know I'm leaving Texas, so we're gonna release one and 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 we're out, we're done. Yeah, that's so, right, one and done. Yeah. Um, check out the link in chat. Uh, highly recommend you pick up a copy if you would like to show Than some some aroha, some love 
uh, for the work that he's put into making music. And um, like I, I, I was thinking about it this week. I love the album name. I think it's such a good album name. Why won't my friends help me move? <laughs> it's so That's good. Very fitting now. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I really like it. Um, right, we're gonna we're gonna pivot uh and um say hello to our guests we're gonna bring our guests in so we could talk about this real long long um long long movie long movie um uh, but you, know, you you like marvel movies you're not allowed to talk about <laughs> not liking long movies uh no i didn't say i didn't like it didn't say i didn't like it just it was long and i've never seen the extended cut because i've only uh, like i said i think i've only seen lord of the rings uh, once I, I actually no i have seen it I, I i watched it on a plane i watched all three on a on a plane trip to the states one time um perfect that takes care of your whole trip exactly awesome. exactly right it took the whole trip <laughs> <laughs> um but when we were we were discussing about doing this film um i i was like okay well i've got a i've got someone in mind that i know would really love to come on and give their perspective because they are a massive massive fan of the franchise uh ladies and gentlemen please please give it up welcome to the stream our good friend frost Emmer. what's up dog g'day mate how are you doing bloody great mate uh this is uh first time being on the pod we we you know what you're actually uh, possibly the first non-laser force player to guest on the on the podcast i think that's probably right tell you what I, I feel freaking privileged. I think I think that's accurate because b- b- because while Gibbo and Gray have been on like the been the, on like the yeah. charity podcast, mm. that's that's a that's a different thing than not our flagship. This. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's not lazy. Well, kick him off. <laughs> Sorry, Frosty. Can't already paid him. Um, have to have to milk him for all he's worth. Ooh. Are you are, instantly are, regret? Are you good with that? No. Are you, you good like with that word choice? That mm, that yeah, would you like? Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, obviously, Frost Hammer is very, very resupply adjacent, um, and uh, in his own right, has dabbled in the world of streaming, but uh, has come to come to not fame notoriety let's say uh for his work with his band uh empire (laughs) i I would say i would say notoriety is the more the more apt description right (laughs) i i would agree i would agree Um, shots fired exclamation (laughs) empire chat (laughs) if you want to check out very backhanded compliment (laughs) (laughs) he's not he's not famous but uh, you know people know him oh but he's definitely milkable (laughs) Um, so if you want to, <laughs> yeah, check out his band Empire because they are pretty fucking sweet. And uh, you guys got some new music on on the horizon, I believe. At some point coming soon, can't reveal when, but uh, it's 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 coming, it's coming. We've been working on it quite a lot. Myself and uh, our vocalist Diego um, have been tirelessly at work re-recording the guitars for probably the third time um as we, oh, we've all? gained some some new perspective on how we want to record them um he's just joined a a, a a bit of a larger new zealand band called bullet belt and uh he recently spent some time in the studio with them and 
it, yeah, we we got some more perspective on on what we kind of want the direction sound wise to go with the guitars. So uh, we spent uh, probably two entire days going through, and we're I think we got two more songs to go. Fucking sweet. <laughs> Anytime, uh, anytime my friends release new music, I'm very, very excited. Um, let's, um, I could, I could talk about music with you all day, uh, but let's put a pin in that. We're going to talk about another one of your passions. Um, so for those of you who don't know, we, we took this idea from, uh, a show over on YouTube. DK, what's the channel called? The Ringer. The Ringer. Um, they do a, um, a rewatchables show and their podcast is, is obviously much, much better than this one, but, um, they get paid to do shit. They just say so. different. They just say different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's milkable. Um, oh, but... better. <laughs> it's not better or worse. It's just, just different. It's actually, it's quite good. Everything's milkable if you, you know, try hard enough. <laughs> um <laughs> it's I, i've actually i've listened to a bunch of their shows i really like i watch um the film heat off the back of their recommendation because it's one of those films that's like amazing but i had never seen so i was like oh yeah we'll right. give, give it a hoot um now uh we talk we we said if we're gonna do this this type of format we'd like to to make sure that it's laser force uh relevant i suppose um if we're gonna oh it is do a film so how how does this film uh tie into uh or tie into our our scene hey tucker well i will give you several reasons number one many of the sound effects from our laser force dungeons and dragons game are drawn guess not from this film but from the 1978 version of lord of the rings many of those sound effects including the the introduction uh, with the the repetition of the One Ring poem are from the 1978 film. Um, of course, somebody who is a Space Marines player and resupply mainstay, Stallion was involved in the production of one of said films as uh, a elf member of the uh, in the Battle of Helm's Deep. So that's a, another reason, of course. And I do believe in the UK, they refer to their Dungeons and Dragons format as Lord of the Rings mm, is how it's listed in many of their computers. So those are all, I think, very good reasons why this film is definitely important to Laser Force in general. And yeah. I mean, of course, to your fair country of New Zealand as well, where it is yeah. kind of a big deal. Yeah, kind of. it's one of the things that we have that and like yeah. sheep. Um, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that in, in half-ass internet research. Rain, Rainbow's ends a close third, but you know that's that's the the sapphire that is the jewel and the crown of New Zealand uh, exports. Anyway, um, so yeah, okay, that that ticks enough of obscure boxes to to warrant us doing it in this format. So. Um, we've got a, we've got a bunch of categories that we try to tick off when we, when we talk about the film, uh, we did a, we're going to tick people off. It's what we do. (laughs) We, we went and we did a watch last night. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the only thing that, that sort of soured the milk, if you will, um, was, uh, there was, there was roadworks, uh, happening outside my house. I got a, uh, email a couple of weeks ago from the power company saying hey we're turning the power off to your neighborhood um on the state 
from this time and i was like oh fuck that's when we're gonna watch a movie oh well let's try and cram it in anyway um we should have heaps of time we'll start early and uh thankfully they were late to turn the power off because we watched the extended cut which i didn't realize it was so that's what three and a three and a quarter hours something like that three 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 quarters yeah Yeah. 348 i think we decided is it 340 yeah, oh, yeah. did we not watch the extended Except cut then? No, we we did. So it was about when we were watching it. We watched about three twenty-five, and then the credits take up the rest of that. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. So we'll just say three and a half then. We'll just say yeah, three and a half. Is yeah. that like like thirty minutes of credits? No, probably not. But we like the credits are pretty long. Um, but we, yeah, I think it was about three and a half. 325 something like that i can't remember right, but the right. extended edition is 348 that right. we that we were watching okay um i i liked it i i did notice some of the parts that i hadn't seen before and and you know it was fairly clear which parts they decided to cut out because you know you know editing is good um but but yeah it was the thing we don't do on this podcast you know? <laughs> anymore <laughs> um but yeah i i enjoyed it so should we uh do you guys want to wax poetic poetic a little bit about it before we get into the categories yeah shall i do my uh unofficial recap oh, of the film yeah, here yeah please yeah do your do your well, uh, unofficial re- recap and then we can move right. our way into the categories do, do one one serious and then one uh slightly more colorful. Oh, it's like All right, here photos we go. Here at we go. a wedding. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Three rings for the elven kings under the sky. Seven for the dwarf lords in their halls of stone. Nine for mortal men doomed to die. One for the dark lord on his dark throne. One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them. Let's rock! Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Lord of the Rings is the story of a third world dictator who had his hand amputated and favorite piece of jewelry stolen, only to try to find it a few thousand years later. And then we get a reverse heist film, complete with putting a crew together. This band consists of four country bumpkins, a landlocked pirate who lost his razor, a dude with daddy issues, a short guy with an anger problem, a model who takes immaculate care of his wig in between archery sessions, and a weird old man who enjoys shouting matches against other immortal beings. <laughs> the rest of the story chronicles this uh, multiracial, sort of, crew who walk from one place to another to toss that piece of jewelry into a volcano. Along the way, they fight lots of orcs and a big fire demon, and they encounter two of the only three women in the universe. <laughs> But it's sad times at the end when the band breaks up because old man falls down a hole. Daddy issues starts feeling like a diva around the ring. Two bumpkins get picked up by the Keystone Cop orcs and the other three guys have to chase them down, leaving only a scion of the lesser hobbit gentry and his gardener to get rid of the evil bling. Wait, what do you mean? We have we have six more hours of this? Good Lord. And that's Fellowship of the Ring. Nailed it. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. Perfect. Apps, app description. G'day, Boneyards. How the bloody hell are you, mate? We were just talking about oh, you. Um, I joke because I love. Oh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That's my new go-to description for this movie. Can you update the wiki? That'd be awesome. Uh, I reckon they, <laughs> no should make an, they should make an abridged version of the film. 
<laughs> like that. Was that original material, DK? Yes, it was. Yeah, DK's that, that was good. that was written by me in my fever dream imaginings in between grade and session <laughs> this last week. DK is um, well. I'm is... glad that you had something to you know keep yourself you know sane with while 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 you were grading because yeah, semi semi sane. That, DK... was, that, that was pretty fucking fantastic. I DK is the Dying. most uh, underutilized uh, asset that we have on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, hey, DK, it's not as what? it's not as good as the. <laughs> The guys who wrote up a version of Lord of the Rings that's like somebody, somebody like translating their their homebrew D and D campaign into uh, how Lord <laughs> of the Rings is produced. But that's awesome. It's something we need to milk them more. We absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Come on. Oh, we're gonna have to start charging more for subscriptions for that. Um, hey, you told me what happened in Colorado. Stayed in Colorado. <laughs> exactly get some edibles in them who knows what's going to happen um so (laughs) so yeah let's uh let's uh let's jump right into some of the categories um what are we what well i i think first we should have frost hammer tell us about why he loves lord of the rings so much why do i love lord of the rings so much man that is a that is a question that everybody that loves lord of the rings must ask themselves why do we love it so much and I think it's it's really difficult to pin down, but I did see it um, when it when it did come out in cinemas. I think I would have been about seven. Um, oh God, so young yeah. fella. Fuck. Yes, <laughs> oh, no, no, would have been Fuck. about seven. It was the first and last film um, I think at the time that I was taken to um, that came out fresh by my dad, and like I just fell in love. I'd never known anything like it. Uh, I'd never seen anything like it. It was my first delve into fantasy. Um, you know, I didn't know what D and D is or was uh, outside of that or anything. And I saw it, and I just it just blew my freaking little mind. It's the first time I'd seen like an elf. It's the first time I'd seen demons and uh, wizards and shit. And uh, it was just amazing. Like, how could you not love that? Mm. It's it's really difficult not to. I think it's fantastic. And because I'd not watched many proper films before that either seeing that mix with cinematography was just like mm. <laughs> hey, you, absolutely I mean, incredible were you living I mean, here you were seven you, you were seven so you wouldn't have seen many films before and <laughs> no. i'm and i'm yeah I'm, I'm i'm having some serious issues with the fact that you were seven when those movies it came out just yes fuck. Mm. Fuck. Dan was almost retired at that point. Um, <laughs> and Frosty, I mean, it's... Uh, sorry, DK. No, that's that. Like, kind of sounds like my experience growing up with like Star Wars. Obviously, Star Wars didn't come out when I was seven. I watched them on VHS and stuff like that. But it was very much that same kind of form mm. of experience. I think yeah. my dad probably showed me the first Star Wars. I was I was probably about like six or seven. Sounds about right. Yeah, and I and 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 I actually remember because I am this old. I remember going to see Return of the Jedi in the theater as one of like one of the first like movies I saw in a theater. I was like four. Mm. So, um, yeah, so I so 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 I get it. It's just it's that whole like every so often I forget how old I am until people say shit like that. And then it's like, (laughs) right, right. I I did just turn 43 last month. God damn it. So. Um, 
Frosty, were you living in New Zealand when it came out? When Laura Rings yes. came out? Okay, yeah. so like yeah, you would have been was. here for the absolute madness that took over the country like around oh, the time. Oh yeah. It it just yeah. it gripped, man. Like it was everywhere here. Um not that I remember it. Like not that I remember any of that at the time, because right. none of my memories, you know, until I was like a teenager stayed informed. But <laughs> And then, and then there was a gap in between that again, and then I got more memories. Yeah. But the yeah, I was I was definitely I was definitely there. So yeah, I remember. I think I, what year did it come out? Like ninety nine. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. I was. Which is why I said we should have done it last year because of the twentieth anniversary, yeah. but it got a little delayed. Yeah. Shit just a, just a smidge. Um. Yeah. I was I was in high school when it came out. I just remember like, just yeah the entire country just lost their mind about it and like it it was everywhere for fucking ages because you if you were likely uh especially anyone that was like down country you probably knew someone who was an extra in the film or who worked on the film somehow so i'm pretty sure everyone in this country was employed by where did it work on <laughs> like film. our boy stallion <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah at least one of the um one of the films um yeah that's that's really cool um I'm glad that 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 like it's always nice when pop culture stuff makes such a like mark in somebody's life like that, because um, yeah, you could you could just kind of rewatch it, and regardless of what jerks like me say, like you, nothing's gonna ruin that experience for you. So you can always go back and like heck, heck no, like yeah. I had the I had all the VHS tapes, and as a kid as a kid I would fall asleep to it and just watch it over and over. Mm. Like I have probably seen these films hundreds of times in my life, hey. and I just yeah, it absolutely took over. That's all I could think about. It was just beautiful. And then when I got into a reading age, I decided to go into you know all the Tolkien works and and whatnot. It just ah, oh, it took over, man. Do you think, because obviously you're big into fantasy, like nowadays, you, I remember watching on some, someone else's show, maybe you were having a conversation with um, Steve on, on the Bluesen channel, but um, do you think that that was like a major reason why you got into stuff like D&D, or was it kind of the other way around? 100%. Really? Okay. 100%. Right. Yeah, 100% the reason I got into that, because then... Uh, I started finding out that there are higher fantasies um, mm. that happen with more whimsicality and just amazingness to them. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. Mm. Um, and then I think through that as well, uh, it ended up being a point that because of how deep the world that Tolkien creates is, I figured out that I really like world creating. Right. And that that got my passion for you know DMing. Uh, writing all that sort of stuff mm. and it yeah still still to this day everything i do is pretty much it harkens back to that first experience with lord of the rings even in the right like the the music that i write right even kind of harkens back to that awesome that's so cool awesome. man so that's, cool. so, that's so fucking awesome yeah. yeah that's so fucking great that's literally so fucking great and i know like um again i think you talked about this with steve but um there's the whole when you when you're finding yourself as a teenager or like you know pre-teens teenager um a lot of the stuff uh people people sort of some people shy away from it because they're like oh that's deemed to be not so cool and then you later in life generally find your way back to it so um it's cool that it's had like such a profound impact on uh you as an adult uh quote-unquote adult (laughs) um (laughs) 
Um, giant man child. <laughs> yeah, right there with you, bro. Have you seen my Lego? <laughs> I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I think pretty much all of our stuff in you know background kind of in, indicates a very similar um, worldview slash thought process slash. Toys are mint. Yeah, all of that. So yeah, Dick is all about that that uh, silverware. You know, he's he's. <laughs> um on occasion <laughs> right uh i i and i don't know if this is a, a i don't think this question is in the the categories but do do you guys do you guys have like a favorite character from these films or like is there someone that like one of the characters that really stands out as yeah that's my superman like that kind of specifically kinda from this first film or like just all across them um I mean, either I'd probably say from the first film because I can't remember what happened in the other ones. <laughs> I've watched those, those back yet. That's fair. I mean, it doesn't matter. First film, second film, third film. It's all about Aragorn. Really, Viggo Mortensen <laughs> is so good. Right, he's one one of the the few that I might you know. Oh, he turned flip four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hall pass. Hall pass. I wonder if I can milk him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Then you got someone? Um, honestly, it's that's that's a really hard pick because I mean it is it, it is such a you know fantastic cast of characters as far as it goes. But if you're but if you're gonna, I mean, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say toss up between Gandalf and and Aragorn. Right on. Gandalf. Um, I'm trying to think, like, because I know that my view of some characters is skewed by the books and the in the wider universe. But oh, we'll the, get into that. Yeah, yeah. From from <laughs> the first film, uh, I'm gonna have to. It's it's between three. Um, Aragon's a, a big one up there. Uh, then you've got um, Gimli and Samwise Gamgee. Those are like those are my three uh, because they they really just entwine with how I feel I'd want to be in like a, in a fantasy setting, you know, there's that whole honorable loyalty, but also that just like, ah, uh, unfathomable, like brilliance of being this little stout killing machine that likes to drink. Like, <laughs> well, you got the beard for it. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. So um, it's, it's between those three, yeah. And we got a Sam stand in here, so that's that's good. All right, we won't have any Sam slander on this podcast. <laughs> no, 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 we won't. Well, not yet anyway. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in the hot take section. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, should we should we kick off with some uh, with some of the categories? Some categories? Yeah. Yes, let's get to the categories. So number one, we got most rewatchable scenes. Yes. Now. <laughs> Uh, cheers. So Frost Emma, like we I was saying to the boys, like we were about ten or fifteen minutes into the film and Frosty was like, Oh, I don't know how I'm gonna manage to fit all of the rewatchable scenes in <laughs> It was it was rewatchable scenes and quotes that um really stumped me because we were fifteen minutes in and I was like, Oh god, I've already got twelve. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like weirdly I have trouble identifying individual scenes yeah. as rewatchable because this film like it all fits together as one long narrative like yeah. everything yeah. is kind of continuous on each other and i've seen this film probably i don't know at least three dozen times yeah. i would say um so 
I watch them at least once a year. I've taken to rereading the books probably about every five years or so. Um, I actually did reread Entirety of Fellowship uh, in the run-up to the podcast this week. And also because I had finals I had to proctor, so that was something to read in the background. That was all good. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's like an annual rewatching, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you you just gotta. You just gotta. It's usually around Christmas time, too, I feel like, because that's, like, when the movies came out was around Christmas time, at least in the States. It is a Christmas film. Yeah. I I think it is the best Christmas film. Yeah. (laughs) Even more than Die Hard? Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) We can, we can, we can, we can have that fight later. Um, (laughs) But... Stallion makes the comment in in chat the 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 um, Balrog scene. I mean, I think I oh, think yeah. that like I mean I mean DK. I do I do agree with you. Like trying to kind of segment out the scenes is very difficult because yeah, like this this is one of the few <laughs> movies that um, that that um, like when when you watch it like there's no like jarring between scenes. Like everything yeah everything is just flowing like there's no you never get the sense especially in the extended cut you never get the sense of like i feel like there's something missing i mean in the theatrical cut like there were maybe a, like, a couple little points where it's like what was missing and then the, the extended cut comes i was like oh well that makes that make more sense um but yeah it's just it's just it's, it's just this very constant interweaving scene to scene and it's just like I, yeah it, the answer to the question is what is the most rewatchable scene? Yes, it's the whole fucking movie. Um, but yeah, but, but, but the Balrog confrontation, that that might be like the iconic scene of the film, I think, for a lot of people. So I, we can we can go with that. Yeah. Yeah. There I, was, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the Balrog scene, amazing. I think one that also really stands out for me is Boromir's final stand. Um, mm. Which, I mean, to be fair, it was actually part of the second book. But um, they added it into the film, which was a good way to end that. But yeah, his his final stand defending the hobbits because he finally, you know, woken up from his enraged greed for the jewelry um, was just super powerful. And it it does flow in with uh, one of my favorite quotes from it as well, which we get into later. But um, just a beautiful scene. Right. Well, and the and and yeah, I mean the the way that they filmed that scene and and the way that you know they 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 dropped the audio on it and the and the music in in the background, yeah, it's yeah that that is again like I don't think there's a badly constructed scene in this movie. Um, there are just scenes that are you know maybe slightly better, and yeah, I I would agree that that's yeah, that's that... definitely one of them for sure. The the funny one was in, when they're in Moria and they're fighting the the cave troll and and the orcs like that. The the thing that stood out to me this time while I was rewatching it specifically was that they didn't actually need to have music during mm. that fight, which blew me away because I hadn't really thought about it originally, and that makes it super rewatchable because you don't even need the music to give it to more feeling. It was just yeah, it was just pure raw badass. Mm. They have a cave troll. Yeah. Yeah. yeah That's good. Um, personally, this might be kind of out in left field, but just rewatching this the the film, one of my favorite scenes is the first one where we really see the forges of Isengard being constructed. Um, where you just it pans over the wall, you see the construction, you see the flames coming from below. It goes up to, to Gandalf when he, you know, says his little message to the moth and stuff like that. And then you have that drop 
that goes mm. down into mm. the from from the top of Orthanc down into the caverns, and we see the the birth of of Lurts, the first Urakai, and uh, everything else that's happening like down in the caverns. And I especially think just because seeing it on the big screen the first time, that drop when you get taken down from the top of of Orthanc, it it felt like you really were just diving into this hellish oh, yeah. underworld. As being constructed, and even though I'm watching a much smaller screen now, like I still feel that kind of get that that sort of chills from that. So I well, personally, I, that's like my favorite scene. Well, and the and 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 the, the other the other part to that is like re, remembering that scene within the context of when that movie came out. Like that was 100 like not any type of common shot that you would that you would have gotten in any other movie. I mean, like now, you know. It's, a shot like that happens and 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 you're just kind of like eh, okay whatever that, that's 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 standard at this point but at the time that fellowship came out like that sort of you know diving like essentially in quotes drone shot i mean i, I know it's not a drone shot but but you yeah you, it's you, cg you, but so. yeah mm -hmm. you, you, you understand what i'm saying like like that that was not something that was necessarily in the common language of of filmmaking at that point it's like it's like if like it's like the matrix with with um bullet time yeah you know, the first the first time you saw that you were like what the fuck just happened that was different and that and 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 that that seemed like yeah i can i can definitely remember back like watching it in in the theaters and get, getting that kind of roller coastery feel and just going whoa what the the fuck that was awesome mm, yeah so, absolutely yeah. phenomenal yeah also yeah. uh um stabbing i love how steve-o's eyes have just kind of like glazed over <laughs> as dk frosty and me just like, no, 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 like I... are, are like waxing poetic no no i enjoy it. like <laughs> what it what it makes me think of it is you guys feel about this film the way i feel about um like the avengers films um and a lot of the, the a lot of the mcu because like yeah it, 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 the way you passionately speak about it it's i i enjoy listening to it i you know you know me i like to say things um it's really hard for me when i don't have a thing to say to like <laughs> to, to just be quiet um but you know we, we talked about it before i don't add a whole lot to this particular <laughs> film <laughs> but do you have a favorite scene just from, uh, like what you want yeah so it actually is the st a stabby scene um when the wraiths stab frodo on top of mm. that like um weathertop yeah house yep. and uh weathertop. yeah old old people house and then uh <laughs> and then he has to fight the wraiths um i thought i was sorry aragon fights the wraiths off that's that's really cool to me that just the lighting and stuff and um you know like that top-down view of the rates closing in on on them from all mm -hmm. sides like really really cool uh it's called listening yuck <laughs> Stevo um, doesn't listen we all know that <laughs> uh now if it looks like i'm bored i'm really not i'm actually listening um yeah i i, I do i do have another scene that me and um steve actually agreed was was amazing mm. during the um the pass of um Caradros when they're going across the snowy little ledge right and they're having the battle of words 
and um, the lightning hits it uh, and all the snow's coming down on top of them and stuff like that. And it just looks amazing. But mm-hmm. like they they didn't overdo it with the magic or anything like that. They just oh, what beautiful. what I especially love about that scene is you can is faintly hearing um, Saruman on the wind. Like I think it's such yeah. a nice touch. Yeah, well, a fell voice is on the wind. Is you know, it's just so hearing good. them go back and forth. Like when it goes back to Isengard and you hear him, um, you know, Gandalf even shouting back. It's it's very very well done i love it it's so cool that just that makes yeah, we were scale frothing over, over it yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so good yeah um i'm i'm also like just that there's a whole there's a whole like and like you said than to your point like the whole thing just is the best scene Close. but there's there's a lot of stuff that um that involves the race that i absolutely love like you know like the when they like crawl over the log to to you know try and find the hobbits and when that one chases frodo down the 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 little dock and he jumps onto the boat like i love that and then um the very quick shot of them in the in the tavern um synchronized stabbing which uh soon will be um an olympic event sports yeah yeah Yeah. a fun note about that that scene where they're hiding under the tree mm. when their wraith first appears. That's actually the first scene that they shot for the entire film. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah, cool. Into some trivia early. It's so yeah. menacing. Well, they brought it up. There's too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's so menacing. I do, I, I do find it amusing how they just biff a bag of potatoes and the wraith's like, Oh, I'll go over there. <laughs> and then somehow they get away, but whatever. You need these. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. I love starch. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're, we're gonna start. We're gonna start nerding out early here. You know, it's it's there is actually a reason for that because the race they actually have very poor like eyesight and hearing. I, so in the the world of the scene, like that would that would distract them because they they I can't actually that. really see the hobbits very well. I, I get that. It's just that when you know he goes over and sees that it's not the hobbit and it's potatoes. Like they kind of <laughs> firstly they kind of thrown it that far, and secondly, like they will also make a bunch of noise as they scurry away. But, uh, you know, these, you suspend these things for fantasy. Um, Potatoes. Yeah. Uh, no, no, 100% no, I agree with that. But what, what DK was saying, yeah, it was the whole thing that um, in the in the, the wider universe, once it's explained, yeah, it is the poor hearing, poor sight thing. And the only thing that was drawing him towards the hobbits in the first thing is that he could feel the pull of the ring. Yeah, yeah, as, as DK is showing you. Yeah. Um, but yes, for for film's sake, it's probably not best explained. Um. <laughs> there there seems to be, you know, whenever you have a film based on a on an, a book, um, there's always the adage of oh, the book's way better. Um, but you were, it was awesome. Actually, was really really awesome watching this film with Frost Evans because he was able to he was basically was the color commentary uh during the film and like could put a lot of things into perspective like time frames i one thing i have an issue with this film is the scale of time uh, uh, as it moves through mm. the universe so um you know when when they are starting to clear the trees down to um to build the forge near is it isengard um yeah. uh you know I, all of a sudden there's a giant hole and there's all this industry and stuff you're like how much time has actually passed how long has gandalf been up that tower you know like all this stuff i i kind of struggle with but 
Um, well, you know, without all those regulations and bureaucracy, they can just get to that strip mining pretty quickly. Like, that's just a weekend's work right there. Fuck you, nature. <laughs> well, it was like um, uh, between when... Oh, by the way, he was uh, he was on top of Isinger, uh, or I think, for two months. Um, oh, okay. But when... It was like when I was explaining to you the, the time gap between when uh, Gandalf goes to search, you know, for answers about the ring and when he comes back to grab Frodo was a period of 17 years, 17 which years. is not, yeah, which is not yeah. very well explained at all. Um, yeah. Movie, yeah. Which makes sense because you can't. That's not the scale in the film. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it obviously, yeah. They, they opted for a different choice. It's yes, 100%. So when, when that sort of stuff happens and like you saw a lot of this sort of stuff and, and lots of stuff like, like game of thrones for instance as they teleport across uh the country but um yeah it was weird that like they have this party then gandalf like goes and then he goes to a library and then comes back immediately and is like hey you have the ring don't give me the ring i'll throw it in the fire like it's just yeah it's it's hard to uh to get that scale of time but like yeah, yeah uh, if I, I suppose does it does it like does it make a point of of like, do you find this information out in the book? Like, is that is that kind of how people know this stuff? Is that how you guys know this stuff? Because it's in the book. Basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's there's book and then there's letters that Tolkien wrote as well that do a bunch of outlining for other things. Okay. Um, so it's a very deep lore. Yeah. Um, that is a lot of reading involved. <laughs> mm. Yuck. Can I get the, uh, can I get the <laughs> audiobook? <laughs> Well, the the Andy Circus yeah. audiobook um, is something that I'm going to be looking at getting again because he's got a fantastic voice for mm. reading. I'd, I'd listen to him. I, I he does did... a good job with the audiobooks. I have a mm. bit of a take on that later, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, do we want to talk about any other rewatchable scenes, or we move on? I feel like we've been on scenes for like. 20 minutes and we've gotten through one thing. Oh, this we is going to be oh, a... Yeah. You're in for a long time, kids. Settle in. Yeah. Settle yeah. in. Grab a drink. Get some popcorn. Grab dinner. Grab lunch. Well, the, th- the thing is, is that I feel like the, the next section is probably going to bring up some other rewatchable scenes. So Probably. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. it kind of transitions. So we'll go to yeah, best yeah. quotes. Yeah. Extended edition. No, I <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said like still to to this day, like my my favorite quote in the entire movie, and I mentioned it during the the three watchable scene when they're, you know, they're 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 in in Moria and they're getting attacked. They have a cave troll. Just that just that resigned sort of (laughs) sideways like like oh sure just one more fucking thing. They have a fucking cave troll. Of course they do. Yeah, oh, yes. oh, of course. Rusty's commander. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just. Oh, like, nice job, randomizer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just like, like literally, just, just that, just that straight up exasperated. <laughs> what the fuck else could go wrong? Tone the the stupid RNG. Jesus. The the the, the <laughs> Boromir ha- has there is just like that. Just encapsulates everything mm. in that in that in that entire moment in that in that entire section of of the movie just like what the fuck else can go wrong like oh yeah yeah 100% because they <laughs> they just got attacked by a massive tentacle monster the watcher in the water then they found out that everybody in moria is dead then pippin made the loud noise and then that yeah it's, 
Yeah, it's like, oh, what, you know, what the fuck else? What the fuck else? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Pippin's, like, maybe one of my favorite characters in that film. Yeah. Why does that yeah. not surprise me? Yeah. Dude, okay, I relate <laughs> what to next? Pippin. Did we're going to get attacked by a fire demon? Quite, quite a bit. <laughs> Bro, why do you have to say it? <laughs> Put it out in the universe. Now we're fucked. Yeah. Man, uh, shit. Yeah. Ah, uh, Boromir. Check it out. Don't roll away. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really love and like we when we were watching the film last night. Um, audibly cheered when it happened, but like, um, when when Liv Tyler is on horse with that tiny man and she's like like sprinting horse racing across the river, and then those um, evil dudes on their horses chasing, and then like she gets there and like they say a thing. Uh, and then she's Stop all the halfling shield. That one, mm. yeah. yeah. And she's like, "If you want him, come and claim him." Oh, oh, yeah. oh so badass! Such a good line. I love that shit so much. Yeah, that was pre- that was pretty awesome for sure. If you want him, come and claim him. Oh yes, please. <laughs> um, that and I was like, cool. nope. While we just wash you down the river because now you are in our, hey, you are in our sphere of power and yeah. fuck you yeah here yeah, take a bath <laughs> I think uh, that's what she says in Elvish yeah, yeah. something like that yeah it sounds much better when you say it in the original language mm. here take a bath <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any other notable quotes so we could probably move on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it's just... not its not really in this film, um, except uh, maybe for, for once or twice, but obviously I think just referring to things as my precious has, has become maybe like the most impactful line in the films as a whole, but I'll, I'll, I'll get into a little riff on that later. I mean, um, either that or, you know, there's another line. There's another line that that old fellow shouts at that big cave monster. Um, yeah, that one's in there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. you shall not pass is pretty yeah, iconic. Uh, no, nobody not... tosses a dwarf. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good one. You yeah, shall not no, podcast. Not tossing I think a dwarf. Yeah. You shall not podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I have a bunch depending on. <laughs> Shout them out, my friend. Through. Actually, um, and um, for those of you who don't yeah. know, just real quick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface this. Uh, Frost Hammer does some very excellent character voice uh, work, so um, feel free to feel free to chuck your own spin on these on these lines, or you, or, you know, or just send this board. We'll see, we'll yeah. see. But I mean, uh, obviously, the one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them is just yep. amazing. That's right. Um, the, the going back to Boromir's last stand, um, when Aragorn is kind of embracing him during that, um, when he's saying there is one I could follow, my brother, my captain, my king, mm. as he's as he's slowly passing away, hugely powerful moment for me. I already feel yep. emotional talking about it. Mm. But um, a wizard is never late, Frodo Baggins, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. It's just ah. Oh. <laughs> The giant fuck you, really. That line literally is just the ultimate fuck you to. No, yeah. like, hey, I'm old. I'm retired. I can be here whenever the fuck I want to. So that, go to hell. Shove it, you midget. Uh, just put it, put it out there. <laughs> that line will immediately get you one start on Uber, just quietly. Um, so if you say that to me... <laughs> 
A driver um, is never late. <laughs> yeah. um, the the other one, another one from Gandalf, is when Bilbo is accusing him of wanting the ring for himself, and he it, it starts to get all you know dark and creakiness. Do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. Is just ah oh, gives me chills. Gives me fucking chills. So good. Well, and well, and 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 that ties back to like 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 how how that scene is is filmed and the mm. and the. And the relatively subtle but not subtle effect of him, you know, looming and the voice processing and everything that 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 they did with that, like just oh, yeah. the just just the 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 absolute, you know, great work that they did with you know with with that scene to to support that line to make it that much more impactful it was like mm. yes and I, and I think you also finally get the sense of a like oh shit he does more than fireworks like <laughs> mm. and, and yeah it's just like oh god okay he ooh. he's scary. I think yeah, i've he... had to use that that voice once or twice in some rough discussions we've had over the years and <laughs> sometimes they push you a little bit too much just a smidge yeah and 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 actually, Frosty, you, you you make a good good point on that because I I I think you're right. I think up to that point in in the movie, like Gandalf is is literally just portrayed as essentially this kindly grandfather fi- figure that just you know that 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 shows up and and you know chills out with 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 um. With, with Bilbo sm- smoking pipes, the and this, finest that, the weed other. in the South Farthing. Yeah, yeah. which and is so, actually a tobacco pipe, by the way. Yeah, uh. yeah. sure, <laughs> sure. Totally. Um, so is mine. And... <laughs> Again, we totally. call tobacco pipe weed all the time over here in the states. <laughs> sure. Um, so, 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 yeah. So, so that, so that moment of, of, yeah. If you're, if you weren't familiar necessarily with you know the books were in which i mean admittedly a lot of people who would who would have gone and seen the movie wouldn't have been i mean pop culture is like take ice and all that but i'm sure there are people that wouldn't have been like that yeah that is the moment where you do have that realization of oh maybe maybe he is kind of a big deal yeah because um i think before that the two most magical things that happened would have been when essentially teleporting behind bilbo in his house um and also when he blew the the boat um through the smoke oh, you, with you can't do that no oh. <laughs> <laughs> practice bro <laughs> yeah the key is but, uh, yeah, unhinge your jaw yeah relax your jaw relax your throat um up until that moment yeah i like happy fun time was it he's cool um <laughs> did you have any <laughs> did you have any other ones yeah um keep it secret <laughs> keep it safe Keep it secret, keep it safe is is, is one of mine as well. Um, also, yeah, when they're in uh, Brie, uh, this, my friend, is a pint. Uh, yeah, <laughs> come pints. pints. I'm getting one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, yeah the, the, the Hobbit realization that they could actually get something in a size that might actually maybe quench their thirst a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. If anything, uh, I feel like a pint should be slightly larger by a scale next to a hobbit, though. Like that, that yeah. tanker didn't seem large enough, nah. like relative to size. I'm like, a pint is quite large. Yeah. That's, that's a kitty's pint. That's a kitty's pint. <laughs> um, uh, another one was um, obviously the quintessential, but what about second breakfast? Like, that's, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, one, then, yes. Yeah, 
uh, I had you shall not pass. Um, nobody tosses a dwarf, but also when they're talking about eating the limber spread, um, it's like one <laughs> small bite can uh, fill the be- um, stomach of a full grown man. And it's like, how many did you have? Four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I just, I just love it. And there's, there's many, many others, but I decided to not actually <laughs> jot those down because yep. that was. Yeah, that's enough. Because, because, because I mean, like, it, again, we get back to the movie's so well constructed, mm. and there's and you know, you know, as we already said, like the scenes all just flow so well together that that, that it is hard to you know ch- ch- chop them out as okay, like this is my favorite. Well, it they they also did such a great job of adapting the script. Like there's there that almost I mean pretty much the the entire script is quotable on some level. I mean, because so much of it comes directly from the book. Well, okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, be that as it may, like, I mean, obviously there, there, there were changes made that happened. And even with changes like, Oh, yep. Nope. Those lines are all still fucking quotable. Okay. Fine. <laughs> One that I have to throw in because it has, spawned thousands of memes of course is one does not simply walk into mordor oh yeah, yeah. but the stickler in me this oh, has always no. bothered me Here must point out that the that the still image that's used in the meme not does the right not thing. match sean bean's speech or his expression in the film when he delivers the line so that gesture that he makes he's talking about the great eye is ever watchful so that's the actual gesture in the meme not the part where he says one does not simply walk into mordor that's much more of a like a face palm yeah, Type internet. That he's doing when he, when he does that. So you shit out, internet. Be more factual, you jerk. <laughs> you, have always you, stuck in my you, craw a little bit. Have you spent any time on the internet, Steve-O? I mean... No. No? Definitely not. Someone is wrong on the to, internet. <laughs> uh, Google search milking... Um, all right, so <laughs> shall, we, uh, <laughs> shall we move along? Should we go to category number three? Category three, the Jaunty Than Award for what age the best? Kate Blanchett. Well, she I mean, has yeah, aged yeah. very well. This is mm-hmm. true. Okay. Here we go. She yeah. might be an actual elf. We have yeah. not proven otherwise. Um, so, so I'm gonna like, I'm gonna say what age the best. Like, so even watching this movie in the 4K um, <laughs> version of it, um, even even with that. Honestly, the effects still hold up twenty odd years later. I mean, there's there's there there's always the 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 fear when when you upscale something into a four K um, that wasn't filmed in four K to start with. That you know now suddenly you're going to see too much because a lot of times effects do actually you know are are counting on that it's not in such high definition um to you know kind of blend edges and and shit like that um no even even in 4k and i'm and i'm sure part of this is because they did a, a good job with the with the upscaling even with that the effects still really hold up i mean yeah mostly Obviously, uh, obviously, on some of the the on, on some of the massive fight fight scenes, like you're when you're when you're looking at them, like even at the time you you could tell, okay, yep, that's CGI, but it's not bad. 
you just you just can tell that oh here's this here's this battlefield with you know five thousand you know people on it yeah okay yeah but it's not bad it's it's not bad enough to 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 break break you out of the experience at least right and and because they interspersed with enough practical effects like most of the orcs they use look like they could actually be organic creatures and things mm-hmm. like that yeah I, there's a couple of rough cuts um one that i noted when legolas jumps off of the troll's back mm. that that one's a okay. little rough in, in retrospect but really in comparison with how say um the Hobbit films, which I don't, we can leave that for what's age the worst, but like by comparison with how much bad CGI there is in those films, because it's used as a substitute for actual storytelling, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> it's, it's held up pretty well. Like it, it actually, it handles well stuff like the Balrog looks great. And yep. if the Balrog looks bad, I don't think this film is remembered as, as fondly. Um, yeah which is actually one thing that people bring up constantly about the 1978 film is the very ridiculous looking Balrog uh, that they use and the, the strange kind of like semi-rotoscoped uh, version of, of some of the, the fight scenes and stuff that they did for the animation well, all of the, that film. Yeah, all the, all the orcs and whatnot are all just... The, the silhouette cutouts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just dudes going up against other codons, um, which I, I suppose artistically probably is all right. But I, mm, it's rough. Uh, the but, only um, the only time I noticed it, like for me, that was it was really, like not not real bad, just just not great. Was um in the minds of Moria where the 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 rock staircase um is like swaying and goes to fall away. It's just that last image of them running down the end of the staircase. Um, hmm that yeah, to me yeah. looked not it looked off the, the lighting was off um but you know that was for me the worst of it and it's not that bad considering the film is like 20 years old at this stage like any yeah any films yeah. that are using those practical effects seemingly just they hold up much better than, than just straight um well CGI. like to, to stay in the the fantasy genre to consider something that came out within like the last year Look at the quality on this compared to, say, um, Amazon's Wheel of Time, which had some really, real rough, rough kind of CGI stinkers that was in there when it came to practical effects right. and when it came uh-huh. to, like, making creatures that looked believable. Like, this 20-year-old film does a much better job with that. Now, part of that is also how much money and time and stuff like that went in the production. But, but still, that stuff, even though the technology has advanced so much you you can't skimp on that kind of stuff yeah. it has to be deliberate kinds of decisions that are made between producers directors editors cinematographers it takes an entire team and when it looks good it's great and when it doesn't it's terrible although although mm-hmm. wheel of time i'm i i'm and obviously we'll come back to lord of the rings here very very quick. <laughs> very quick very quick, quick aside i'm 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 definitely willing to give it a chance for season two because so much of season one got fucked by by covid so there were there, there were a bunch of changes that had to happen last minute that you know were kind of out of their control so effects and stuff wise yeah not great but let's see what season two does if season two is still fucking terrible then then you're, they're just you're, you're losing steve you're losing steve just all useless. right Okay, back to this. Back to this. Um, so, other things that 
aged that, that aged well and um Diane put it in, into the chat. New Zealand scenery. Fuck yes. So nice. I mean, just oh I, I mean I think the, the, the comment was made at the time these movies were coming out that they were literally the, the best advertisement for New Zealand tourism ever. Um, and and I, th I think that is still accurate, you know, 20 years later mm -hmm. that, you know, and 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 having having lived there and being able to like actually like tell people like, oh, no, no, like this, that's that's a lot of New Zealand with a little bit of CGI as opposed to it's a lot of CGI with a little bit of New Zealand mm. is actually like a really fucking cool thing to be able to, yeah. you know, say slash know about it. So classic yeah. uh, Hamilton Boggs, uh, very true to the <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the Waikato Plains. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, thing that aged the best uh, would be um, the fantasy slash adventure genre in pop culture um, because uh, like since I I reckon for a lot of us I mean there there is like um, uh, obviously the like sci-fi adventure. Um, stuff that a lot of people grew up with earlier than this so like star wars and star trek like being two of the, the massive ones for people like of um my age for frost hammer's age um dk um and and than at a push um like <laughs> i'm just fair. i'm just saying like it's no, no it's fair yeah it's, because it's... prior to, like we're in that age bracket where like i think the the fantasy side of of adventure genre like um was kind of uh, like it, it was it existed it just wasn't like popular and then as as was, we've grown up there were few and far between examples of like actual good fantasy genre films that were on there i mean yeah. you had like you had conan the barbarian you had willow you had some cult classics, but other than that, there was not a lot of, of great stuff to hang your hat on. So yeah. it, it definitely kind of reintroduced that as a viable kind of film genre and, and getting Krull, that onto the screen. Yeah. Like you, you don't cult classic. Curl is definitely very much in the cult classic section but there. But yeah, you you don't you don't get I you certainly don't get an, an HBO commitment to something like Game of Thrones no. without the success of these films. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be my take on it. Um, so something that I oh sorry no I was gonna say do you have anything for this yeah oh yeah the the uh, the sound design aged mm. perfectly mm. like at, at this point I don't think I have a bad thing to say about the sound design whatsoever the the music even is just out of this world Howard um, Shore's yeah Howard Shore's oh, yeah. score for this is fucking amazing and then just general sound design like the bell rug roaring for one thing it just it still sounds in in headphones even still sounds like what it sounded like in the cinema and uh the sound design for the troll roar is equally as amazing it's just a very angry horse mm. but it <laughs> melds so well uh mm -hmm. into it and then yeah just everything about the sound design they did so well i hate the sound of the wraiths and that's that's a good thing like the screech yeah 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 and it's such a good it's like sound. nails on a chalkboard type it's so mm -hmm. upsetting mm -hmm. to me 
<laughs> sounds Which... like a um, so, sounds like a when you get a stone caught in your sliding door. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you guys call kidney stones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I get a stone caught in my sliding door, I, oh. I make a high pitched sound too. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Sucks. Um, but, um, yeah. So, so they, I have like other things as far as like uh, choices that they made in switching things from book to screen. Like, I'll probably throw that into a few different categories. But in terms of the actual choices they made as to like what to change or cut from the book, I think they they made some good choices here in like what's aged the best. Like, one, not having Frodo be significantly older than the other hobbits because in the in the book, Frodo's like he's like fifty by the time they take off on their journey. And so with mostly younger hobbits and things like that, um, they kind of actually reverse that dynamic a little bit in the film because Elijah Wood's actually the, the youngest of the, the four face. by like kind of, kind of a large margin. Yeah. Um, not having that 17 year gap in between Gandalf's visits to the Shire is probably better for storytelling here. Cause it just like having some sort of like 17 years later roll across the, the screen, yeah. I don't think is going to, like bring out the urgency for the audience yeah. very well. And then obviously the the big cut made from the book that I know outraged some book purists, but it was very much a good cut, is throwing out all the stuff with the old forest and Tom Bombadil. That, oh, I mean, that was yeah. just a, a good decision. That, that was not going to translate to screen. Yeah. You're, you're like, never going to convince me that having a character say ring-a-ding-dillo on screen is a, is a good idea. So <laughs> I think that was a hard yeah, cut think, right there. The thing with Tom Bombadil is it... The, the vibe of him harkens back to what The Hobbit was when he originally wrote the book. And that was yeah. very much, it was more of a child's... Story. It's a fairy tale. It's not yeah, high it's, fantasy, because it's, yeah. it's still shifting in between those genres. But, uh, yeah, cutting Tom Bombadil was the best choice they could have possibly made. There is no point that they could have made that a good scene. Yeah. Like... Like sometimes I, I almost just want to like skip those chapters when I reread the book, but it, it's important for other stuff, so I'll still do it. But and um, we, we already alluded to it, but finishing the film with a climactic on-screen battle at, at Amonhen is much improves the story because the the book is very anticlimactic at the end of Fellowship. It's basically just the characters kind of go their separate ways, mm-hmm. and for all intents and purposes. Boromir's confrontation and his fatal wounds happen like off screen in the novels. And it, a good editor would not allow that nowadays. And certainly you couldn't do it in a, a film. I mean, like it, you, it you works, have to have that story. Yeah, it works in that book, like for, for the novels itself, it worked in that book because they come along and, you know, Boromir's already had his fight, but then they note how many orcs are slotted around him. That's sort of mm-hmm. it worked for that. But it, yeah, like you said, for the film in this day and age, maybe not so much because we want a wee bit more, maybe violent context to things. <laughs> oh my God, someone shot Boromir. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Boromir's dead. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. Oh my God, they killed Boromir. Uh, the omission of the Barrow Whites through totally, though, totally bypasses how they get the weapon to kill a ring wraith. There was no explanation provided in the movie. I was about to yeah, raise the same fair. point, Ducky. Fair. Um. <laughs> that to me is a bomber deal breaker. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. You're welcome. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been cooking that one up for like the last 10 minutes ever since you said bomber deal. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, 
Good. I'm not mad, Steve O. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm not either of those things. I'm quite proud. <laughs> that's why, that's why Considering I'm... he doesn't know what a Tom Bombadil is. Yeah. But... I yeah. <laughs> Very true. Is it Very pointy? Uh, I assume it's pointy. It's probably pointy. <laughs> Um, oh, Tom, you're <laughs> got to hold my pants. You could see my bombardier. Um, so, do you have any other any other ones or uh, other ones that we we can get into? But I'm, I think we can move along to what's age the worst if you guys are are ready. Tom Bombadil. <laughs> certainly age the worst. Um, I I only had one thing I felt uh, age the worst. And it's not even that big of a thing. It was the cave troll. Um, mm. Probably aged the worst just because it, they had a large CGI thing uh, in a more than well-lit room. And I suppose you could see all the faults and whatnot when it's upscaled uh, to more HD things. But that's about it for me. Like, honestly, probably it. And you can even get well, and- like past it too because it, it still looks good. Yeah, for the still most amazing. Mm. Yeah, and, and and it's honestly like even even it upsampled to 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 four K. I mean, yeah, okay. Is is it a product product of its time? Sure, hmm. but but again, just like with with the with the massive stuff with the with the battles, like it didn't it didn't break me out of my suspension of disbelief because I'm watching a fantasy movie. Mm. Like it, it's, it's not like the, the CGI on the rock at the end of, of the mummy. I think it is where he's, where he becomes, you know, the scorpion oh, king or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and, and, like, and, like, and, like, and like that having like, and, and, and even at the time, which I think, I think that movie was released in 99. And even at the time that CGI was You're fucking like, oh. bad. Yeah. For... It looks like before your textures render when you get into a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and Sion re- reiterates the point that Steve, I think you made about the the staircase pit pillar scene on 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 the run from the the Umbalrog. Yeah, like like that 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 one does. Yeah, it's not again. Like it's fun, but yeah, you actually don't need that scene at all. The the film is long enough as it is. It's like, why do we need an extra five minutes of them jumping over a gap? So you can say, so you can say, like, <laughs> yeah, no one throws a dwarf. Yeah, there you go. Adds well, to Gimli's that's, actually, that's actually a, a good lead-in for me, Steve, because this is a bigger issue, I think, in the later films. But to me, Gimli being reduced to a source of comic relief is a waste, in in my opinion. Um, 100%. His, his role in this film is much better. There's actually some good character development scenes, especially in the extended edition of his time in Lothlorien about how he kind of changes his outlook toward elves and things like that. But other than that, I, I think it's much more apparent in the, the second two films, but he's, he's basically there as a, a source of comic relief. And I, I, I am not a big fan of that. So which that is, which is not great. For me. Yeah. Because Gimli um, outside of maybe Aragorn is the single best combatant yeah he's a badass yeah he literally is they and he in the books actually has more of a significant role than legolas does but they kind of gave the spotlight to legolas because you know orlando bloom pretty yeah orlando bloom pretty uh legolas Mm. i mean in the books is still a bit of a badass but not to the extent that they make him out to be like obviously he's an elf so they're you know they're better than humans um 
but Gimli himself in the books is, yeah, probably the single biggest badass um, of the entire thing. He is amazing. Like in the in the movies, I love that they've made him funny, like a bit of a comedic relief. But at the same time, it like DK said, it is wasted potential. Yeah, but like he's he's like falling off a horse. He's having trouble getting back up. He he like can't catch his breath when they're running after the Urukai. I'm just like this is not the the Gimli that I know and love. Mm, it's not my Gimli. <laughs> Hashtag not my Gimli. Yeah, yeah. Gimli a brave. I just want to make Duncan. a real uh, a real. Oh, sorry. Yeah, a, a real quick one that we don't even have to discuss that much. But Viggo Mortensen's um, accent um, switching probably didn't age very well. It's a it's a bit inconsistent since I yeah. mean there there is just the the fantasy realm uh, accent that's like but, that's um, like yeah. it's vaguely Commonwealth. Nobody knows exactly what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Commonwealth. Where's Where's he from? What Viggo? Denmark. Denmark. Right. Denmark. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is Danish. Right. Um, it certainly sounds so. All right, like are you guys, are you guys ready for for a very hot take here? Ooh, yeah, for a very hot. Go take. for it, bro. All right, let's, let's do this. So, all right, at the risk of this being an unpopular opinion, and again, this is much more of an issue from in the second two books, <laughs> in the second two films, than it is in this one. But I'm going to say it: um, the Gollum presentation. I know everyone raved about this at first, but that was also kind of the problem because. How many fucking terrible Gollum impressions have we had to hear <laughs> at parties with your drunk friend, whoever else I doing f- them in the, in the last twenty years? We've all had I to feel put up with way too many. Attacked. I feel super attacked. I'm not, not, not saying that is that your, is like your other impressions have been single, very good tonight. I'm yeah, sure my, you do my a good single one. single favorite voice to do, <laughs> and it's a lot of people's favorite voice to do. It's just some people can do. I bet you can do it better than a lot of other people, and. Again, I and there's nothing against Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis is an incredible actor, but just like I think that the choices around how they they did Gollum, it's not really his fault. He gave us all the performance, but I never really pictured in my readings Gollum as essentially a 500 year old toddler, which is what he is in the in the the film. So that again, it's it's like the the Gimli thing. I'm like, this just doesn't square with like my impression of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a request for for do the voice. <laughs> Actually, do, do you, after, yeah. after, I, after I put this terrible pressure on him, do, do you have a go to? Do you want to say always remember to backtrack, kids? <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think what a what a great line to use this on would be uh, specifically from Gollum. That's the, that's the you, thing. You can have it, uh, have a think on it. We can, we can come back to it if you want. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll have we'll, a think on it. We'll release some of the pressure valve. Um, because oh DK's... no! Here we go. Actually, I've, I've got it. Oh, you got it. I got it. Okay, hang on. Let me. Let me. Look, sir. Yeah, I know. Look, sir. Crumbs on his jacket, sir. Whole turtle. The stupid fat hobbits. <laughs> it's so good. That's good. There you go. That, that is actually pretty impressive. DK oh, ready you. to pounce. A <laughs> <laughs> chef. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. It's it's much better than ninety five percent of them that I've heard. So. Yeah, my one's also real good too. Um, <laughs> an, another another personal pet peeve: the portrayal of Sauron as a literal giant flaming eyeball has always rubbed me the wrong way. Um, based on how I've read the books, I've always understood the 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 eye of Sauron to be much more metaphorical, metaphysical. Um, even like in the film, Saruman even mentions he cannot yet take physical form. 
So my impression is like Sauron could appear to someone as an eye reading flame, but he's not like literally a giant searchlight on top of a tower that shines his flashlight around looking for things. Yeah, that's I, the, it, that's the yeah. In interesting bit, in his, isn't it? Because like um, there is like allusions to the fact that there is some sort of seeing thing that Sauron yeah. has uh, in the in the book, not necessarily a giant eye, but um, what I got from the books when I read them is that the you know the eye of Sauron was more of a um, because he was gifted with foresight and you know right. seeing into the future and stuff, and also the Palantirs, uh, kind of what mm -hmm. I assumed would be the eye of Sauron, the seeing stones. Um, and then it was made mention later on in the books that he actually did have a physical body. Um, yeah. So yeah. I always saw the eye as kind of like a portal. That's that's how I see it in the films. Like I see, it like it looks like an eye, but it also to me it looks like a portal. Um, but yeah, looks like yeah, an oblivion gate. <laughs> and it it doesn't really get fully bad until I think the the third film where you see it, it and it literally has like like a like a beam that's like moving around searching different things. I'm yeah. like, come on, man! This Sauron is you know he's a. a powerful being from from another realm he's like a demigod he's not just a giant flaming eyeball hey guest yeah. appearance hi hannah hi hannah Hello. hi hannah um i do i do like it because if he's got a beam don't worry what huh what'd you say i have pants on don't worry <laughs> you, you do you the, i mean the more like the view we'll get viewers however we need to <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of which we're like i think like seven away from 500 six away from 500 something like that five away from 500 it's nice. it, was, it was 495 when i when i logged in today if you would like to see one of the other members of the resupply with no pants on uh let's get to 500 man <laughs> hey, stand up <laughs> coming to you next week from a hot tub no. we've talked we've actually talked about it before yep. not not us I've, I've talked about the... it. <laughs> milk in the viewership <laughs> Uh, Dan, do you have anything in, in what's age the worst? Um, I, don't know, I think I think I I think I've I've you know mentioned mine just you know just just a couple of like little weird tweaky CGI things that you know aren't aren't amazing that like you can that you're actually like that you actually notice. But other than that, yeah, I mean it's it's this this movie for me is like Aliens in that it's amazing how well the effects hold up. Mm. Mm. So, it, yeah, I, I, yeah, those, those, those couple little, you know, things, but other than that... I mean, that, good practical effects go a long way, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, all right, let's go to four. Should we go to four? We're, we're on four right now. Yeah. What's yeah. the four? Five. <laughs> all right uh, five we're we have a, a, a renaming of of the award we've switched names again we are now on the cody collins 10 10 9 heat check performance for the actor who wasn't in a lot of scenes but put up big numbers every time amazing <laughs> um, hugo even surely so, so okay, so we, let, let's let's you know put up our nominees here so hugo weaving yeah not in that many scenes he he's in the film for a maybe like 10 minutes maybe yeah, including the start of the of the film yeah um, he does have a little bit of the start there yeah true. so yeah not not much at all and then 
Yeah. I mean, can, can we really just say, like, basically anybody who isn't in the fellowship is potentially eligible for this award? Right. right. I was going to put, like, yeah. Boromir, but, like, I suppose he's in the film a lot. But, like, I find him to be one of the best actors in this film. Like, he's so good. Every time he's on the film, uh, every time he's on the film, every time he's in a scene, like, he, I think, is the best actor in the scene. He's just, he's so good, but maybe he's in too much of the film to be considered for this. Yeah, so yeah, it's not like really a heat check, but it is a, a great performance mm. and probably one of the iconic Sean Bean roles. Yeah. So, yeah, all right. So we can throw Hugo Weaving in there. I mean, is Christopher Lee eligible here? I mean, such a big name, but again, Saruman is, he's only I mean, on he's... screen for like, what, six minutes? I suppose, but like, does it does it count that he's not in the film from that because he is like the overarching like bad dude, right? Yeah, really, more than and, Sauron, I think for yeah. the first two films, like Saruman yeah. really is kind of the the yeah, the so chief like, villain. I mean, it's it's difficult to say because yeah, he's not in that much, I suppose, of the scene, but he like it's Christopher Lee, man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, he voice. he he has yeah. a, a big advantage. Oh, yeah. um, and this is why I'd asked before the, the start of the stream, too. So if we're going to say that Christopher Lee isn't eligible because he's too important of a character, I would also give a shout out to uh, Lawrence uh, Makware, um, who plays Lurtz, the, the leader of the, the Urukai, um, mm. is really great just in his, his physicality, the, the stunt performance that he does, just his imposing presence on the screen. And... Yeah. There's nobody who says Saruman better than he does when when asked about that. He doesn't really have. I think that's his only actual line. Oh no, he also uh, says he find, find the halflings. Yeah, find yeah. the halflings. The other other lines. So not a whole lot of lines, um, but just is, is great. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> growls a few times. Uh, uh, he he does return later in the trilogy as well. He also uh, play is the the body double for uh, the Witch King. And mm -hmm. for Gothmog, the the orc general in Return of the King, so he comes back on screen and has a few more lines in, in those roles. But I think he's he's great here, and I find Lurtz to be really good as like an orcai that you actually have to pick out as yes, yeah. this isn't just a stock orc. Like this one is is actually a, a bit tougher. You have to watch out for this guy. Was he was he also in the first film? Because the 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 wraith that stabs Frodo um, at Weathertop. In mm -hmm. the in the first film, that is the Witch King of Angmo. Was he also the body for that at the time? I don't. I, I don't actually know. I was looking for that in the research notes. Did not find it if he was consistently the the Witch King of Angmar at all times. But I feel okay. like it w it was only in like the the fight scene that he has with Eowyn that he actually does. Yeah, the, the when, body I, when for that. the Witch King becomes large and imposing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know, hundred percent. Fair enough. All right. Any any other nominees, Than? We got you. Got to throw anybody else in. See, this is the, the this this is where me, you know, being one of your students and not actually doing my homework <laughs> is gonna is, is gonna come back and bite me. Um, okay, Blanchett. Yeah. No. I... Yeah. Yeah. True. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can roll with that as a as an option. Thank, thanks, Steve. Well, I'm just I'm just, I'm just, gonna, just gonna copy your work and take yeah. that answer. Thanks, yeah. bro. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, Than, um, who so did really... you have for this? Um, on, like in in all ser seriousness, like I I I I think Hugo Weaving. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, joke and everything. God Christopher damn. Lee is is Christopher Lee, and I mean, 
I mean, come on. The you know, be him him being being able to, you know, when Peter Jackson was saying, Oh, you know, you know, you you're gonna get stab stabbed in the back mm -hmm. and and make and and make the sound and him going actually no if you stab somebody like that they're going to make this sound instead because um <laughs> um because yeah, he had he had he, he had a very interesting past um like like that's like that sort of stuff is just fucking amazing oh, but I not think... that interesting it was war that's what you did well, you I killed know, people but, but still um but I think I think I think specifically for for this movie, I think, I think Hugo Weaving would be would be my my vote. Sounds like we got two votes for Hugo Weaving, so I guess he he gets our our first ten ten nine award. I, wanna, go, I, wanna, I do want like a special nomination, um, just for like the most minor of characters. But um, David Weatherly as Bileman Butterbur, who was the the innkeeper, <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> It's a nice cozy hobbit-sized rooms. Yeah, he's just he's he's a simple man, and he's he's pleasant for them to be around. Brilliant. That's say, my special nomination. David Weatherly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. and Butterbur. Oh yeah, me. The yeah the innkeeper at the prancing pony. Mm -hmm. Okay, six. The chair throwers overacting award for the actor who dialed it up. To 100 and beyond. Speaking of throwing chairs, uh, new animated chair throw emo and chat. Let me see them. <laughs> throwing them chairs. Throwing them chairs. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Sean Bean in some points did really crank up the the acting for it, but I don't know if it was over mm. acting, considering it was still like good, like it fit. So does that really count as the overacting? I don't know. Kate Blanchett. Uh, yeah, so so here so here's my thing. Yeah, my pick would be um, what I just call photo negative Galadriel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And then yeah. this not entirely Kate Blanchett's fault. She's a great actress, but the other choices, like in the the mirror of Galadriel scene, have never really worked for me. I I think that's partly a, a Peter Jackson decision, also to do the, the whole color reversal and like overlay multiple voices as she's saying that thing. Um, but I, I have never cared for it. It takes me out of the moment. It just is weird and off-putting. And Frodo's face is perfect in that because he's just kind of sitting there like, what's happening now? Yeah, I, I had to have the talk with um, BC last night about that, is that like she's not actually an evil character at all. Um, and the right. way that they portray her during that makes her seem incredibly like double-sided and evil, which is very much the opposite because she is if anything one of the goodest goods that existed at the time um so that was it is a little bit confusing in the film wow well, yeah I, and the it wasn't any better when they tried to shoehorn that into the into the hobbit either because that just yeah. made her look like she was the girl from the ring <laughs> crawling out of the well yeah, yeah. i um I, like i didn't know that was a thing until frosty had said it that like she I, I just assume like oh, she's a witch, so she must do good and bad things. Like she must kind of be half in, half out. But uh, based based oh, on no, that that whole scene, because yeah. the scene's like terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, she's actually super super powerful lady of light, one of the first elves. Um, 
and she yeah was around during the creation of the of the two light trees and stuff like that is very deep lore for that one yeah. and i think they portrayed her he's super old <laughs> yeah uh, they portrayed her pretty poorly um which is sad but you know tis what it is mm. yeah like i i understand what jackson's going for there and trying to you know bring forward the idea that well she's not bad but the ring will ultimately corrupt anybody mm. and because she is so powerful like this is a vision of what could be she could be this really scary kind of being if she took the ring but yeah i, I don't think that it necessarily translates real well and steve it sounds like that wasn't really the impression you got from the the scene and yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That just didn't work. So that's my my pick on that Speaking one. Speaking of the the corruption of the ring thing, that this was also a fun one to talk BC through when uh, Gandalf denies taking the ring from Frodo to do it. Is that mm. uh, mm-hmm. in the hands of Gandalf, if he did get that ring because of what he is, uh, would make him even worse than what Sauron currently is if he got the ring, um, because he's not diminished in such a way. Mm. Yeah, little fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're since they're so from the, the the same order of being they're both my yeah, same the, the the balrog is actually the same mm-hmm. sort of um spirit or uh whatever all, you want to call it as gandalf is yeah, heavy hitters there. up there yeah you guys yeah. should do just as a thought you guys should do a full like commentary track for these films for the whole trilogy like just sit in the room like <laughs> do do running commentary for the for the films it'd be great do, do we just want to just go into that off the back of this podcast maybe yeah i'd love to do it but some dudes on reddit would just tear us up afterwards yeah actually if you read this bit in the silmarillion <laughs> i can get fucked i bet we'll be endorsed by stephen colbert it'll be great yeah, not allowed <laughs> back to the silmarillion anymore um <laughs> they won't let me in so uh yeah Clay, Kate Blanchett <laughs> <laughs> Dark Galadriel, and, yeah. and any additions no again so like we we keep we keep we keep coming back to the thing where because because the film is so well constructed and you know and and everything is in its place and 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 flows so so well and you know, and and all the performances are appropriate to the character. That, um, yeah, it, it it I I have a I have a hard time picking out anyone else or or even any other you know scene during that where where it's kind of like eh, you know the overacting is like I mean I like like Frosty said yeah there there are some scenes where Sean Bean's going super hard as a Boromir but it but it but it makes sense it doesn't feel like it's a it's a you know it's it's a wrong choice or it's too much it's like no this is this is actually this feels like an actual embodiment of yeah. of the character so yeah i say we i say we just go with dark with dark gladriel and move on yeah because it was the same with uh john davies (laughs) as gimli each time he does like a gimli yell or scream thing it's like yeah yeah, that's over the top but it fits like Mm. it's there for a reason you know contextually it makes sense his like guttural response to like everyone in moria being dead like oh it's so yeah yeah 100 Mm. it's big and um my one of my personal favorite scenes of him is when he's popping out from the snow 
and he just makes that. <laughs> so, just, I love that. I love that so much. Um, which is <laughs> like, what the fuck? Fun, sure. fun fact: that's the sound I make when I get out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Bean, anytime he's in the scene, uh, it always seems like he's in a competition trying to, over, to trying to outact the other actor in the, in the scene. Um, and for me, like he's the winner all the time. He's so good. I mean, like <laughs> contextually, I suppose whenever he's in a scene with Aragorn, I mean, Boromir is kind of trying to out do Aragorn in I'm some respects during that film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they play out that dynamic much more in the film than is present yeah. in the in the book. There's a much more adversarial relationship between them in the film, which I kind of like that choice. Mm. The idea that he kind of feels threatened by Aragorn, and especially like on behalf of his father, like we don't need you. You're you're just some dude who lives out in the woods. Like, yeah, and I'm, the, I'm the, fighting all the time. And when Boromir says, "Like, do you uh, have so little faith in your own people?" Um, you know, when he's saying that, like, "No, we're not giving the ring to Gondor." Um, kind of like nails that on the head, pretty much. Where mm-hmm. Boromir is finally like, "Ah, oh, you know what? Fuck this guy." But it's- yeah, that. But and then making that transformation to. Gondor has no king. Gondor needs no king. And then him telling Aragorn brother, that, he, they, they, that, that he says, yeah. he, you're my king. And it's like yeah. his last line. So that's yeah, that's like, big. Oh, it is powerful. Yeah. I agree with yeah. you. Well, that's the classic like heel turn, right? Like he, like having that adversarial role makes him like play that, that heel character um, better in the films, at least. Mm. And then, yeah, watching the heel turn to Actually, like, with a good the, dude. Yeah. Yeah, with the good. with the heel turning that actually comes back to a quote that I forgot earlier, which gives me chills every time I hear it, was when Boromir, after his final stand, he's laying on the you know on the ground and Aragorn runs up to him and you just hear him like the first thing he says is they took the little ones mm. was just like oh <laughs> so good mm-hmm. and right. I think actually in that sense like casting Sean Bean is really good in that decision because really up to that point. I think Sean Bean was known to most audiences primarily as a bad guy, mm. as Alec Trevelyan in in Goldeneye, as um, the bad guy in in Don't Say a Word and Patriot Games and stuff like that. Like he was kind of a mainstay of being a villain. So it's like you introduce him as kind of this ominous character, but ultimately Boromir is is not bad. He mm. is a very good person, but he is getting pulled in like by by the ring and so he he ultimately has to make his choice and he and he chooses like that the the valorous end to go out trying to save his friends Mm. yeah speaking of casting (laughs) yeah so let's let's move to so we'll we'll kind of combine categories here for seven it's the recasting couch slash casting what ifs because i i don't know how many people are gonna say that they have any kind of preferences for anybody else should have been cast because like dan says it seems like most people fit here so well you can't imagine things in this yeah it's um, more of a swap out right it's not like a who i'd prefer it's going to be mm-hmm. more like oh, i suppose this person could you know take that yeah. role i've got a couple like in, in the way that i do it a couple of if you if you were to re- recast with today's actors who would you do but we can we'll talk about oh that yeah that's a, that's a oh, thing yeah. so but yeah before we even get into that i'll, I'll give you guys just a, a few of the the what ifs that were out there um, so these aren't preferences, but uh, some some almost casts. So regarding Aragorn, Viggo Mortensen is very much a, a latecomer to the uh, to the role. The they had yeah. they already cast Stuart Townsend, 
Um, and he'd even yeah. shot some some scenes as Aragorn, but Jackson and other producers basically decided he was too young for the role. And I, I think they were right. With all due respect to Stuart Townsend, he's not the presence that Viggo Mortensen is. Um, but other well, almost well, cast, well, Peter well, Jackson. Very few people are. Yeah. Um, Peter Jackson uh, wanted Daniel Day-Lewis, which, wow, I'm not, not too sure how I feel about that. That's kind of a, a different film. Um, and now, <laughs> he would have done all the same things as Viggo Mortensen. He would have, you know, done the sword fighting and, and cooked for everybody and ridden horses and stuff like that. But the difference is he would do that as method. Viggo Mortensen just does that things because he's Viggo Mortensen. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, I hunt, yeah. I hunt and fish and ride horses and I'm just going to cook for everybody at the yeah. camp. And now I'm going to buy all the horses afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Take um, the ranch. The role was also offered to Russell Crowe. Thankfully, he turned this down because he didn't want to be typecast after having played Maximus in Gladiator. He feared that he, that would just become his role, which I'm like, not a good decision, dude. And... Holy shit, we dodged a bullet, Nicolas Cage. Nah, I think we should have had him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Harbour protector. He's, he's one of those actors that is so bad, they're good. Um, I did mention that he was a possible casting to, to BC last night, and uh, worms the cockles of my soul that that was almost a thing. <laughs> I can't fool you bitches! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I that it's oof, I don't know. I I couldn't Have has he done Has he has he has he been like fantasy films? Yeah. The the witch one, yeah, right? He has. Um yeah, what's it called? Season of the Witch. Season of the like Witch. That? Yeah. yeah. Ghost Rider. I think Ghost Rider. Uh, I never Ghost saw Dying. Ghost Rider, but I, I, I heard it was shit ass. <laughs> it's yeah, I don't, Nicolas Cage is Nicolas Cage. He, he doesn't need to be shoehorned into Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm never going to say a, a bad word about Viggo Mortensen other than, yeah, his accent's maybe a little inconsistent. But yeah, yeah, he's he's uh, he's Numenorian. He's uh, a Dunedain. That's, that's his accent. He has a Dunedain accent. So, like, prior to this, was he in anything massive? Like, I don't I assume that he was, but I don't recall uh, things that you might reason. remember from uh, I don't know if you're a fan of the film Crimson Tide, a great the, Tony Scott film is about it a the, submarine. Like, yeah, submarine one. No, I never saw it. But... Um, he was in. He's the drill instructor in GI Jane. He was in um, a Perfect Murder. No. Wait, was it a Perfect Murder or or no? What's it? Or is it? No, no, no. Sorry, uh, I get that confused with Unfaithful. I think it's Unfaithful. Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's right. He, the Cage was in that. Yeah. Yep. Um, Mort yeah, he, he's very much been a lot of roles. I mean, I guess we can we can throw that into the the uh, the that guy award that I maybe he was kind of a that guy before Lord of the Rings. Mm. Yeah, I, I think mean, probably to a lot of people. And oh, now he was he's, in he's, Miami Vice. Yeah, he's in Miami Vice. Yeah, right. Good uh, number of roles that are in there. <laughs> Sweet as <then. laughs> Um, OK, so do you want to was was the any other like. Uh, uh, other almost uh, Sean or... Connery was originally offered the role of Gandalf, but he said he quote didn't understand the story. <laughs> kind of a big miss uh, for for Sean Connery there. Um, I am the made... servant of the secret fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that might not have worked for me. Um, 
Native New Zealander Sam Neill was also considered, but he had a scheduling conflict with Jurassic Park 3, to which I say... Oh! <laughs> Alan! Good <laughs> <laughs> um, Doom. Uh, oh, he Sam Neill, perfectly fine actor, but... I, I could see him as, like, as, as an Aragorn, maybe. I, 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 he's got... I don't know. I could see that. Stuart, Stuart Townsend, too young. I almost feel like Sam Neill, even in 2001. I, I, I don't old. know. I feel like he might have been like too old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Stuart? Who's... the same age as Viggo Mortensen, though, for all I know. I think <laughs> we should look that up. Who's Stuart? Viggo Mortensen is just Viggo Mortensen. I, he, he is an immortal gentleman. Like Stuart. <laughs> oh, it's just on his business card. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen, immortal <laughs> yes. gentleman. <laughs> yes, I am secretly 87 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a horse. Um, do you, who um, was the other person you're saying? Scott someone. No, Stuart, someone. For, for Stuart Townsend. Yeah, who's who that? Who was originally classed? Who was that? Uh, oh, he's been in. He's been in other stuff. Oh, hang on, I'll Google it. I'll Google. Yeah, yeah, it's he's very much second tier. Like that, this would have been a huge break for him. I feel bad for him in some ways, but also not that bad because we we need Viggo Mortensen in this role. I'm sorry. Mm. Oh, just, there is no other. Record. He was the vampire Lestat or Lestat. Oh yeah, and uh, Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. Yeah, I like yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's sexy. <laughs> uh, especially with Jonathan uh, Davis's voice, Oof. hot. Um, uh, this is maybe say. an unpopular opinion. Um, I would have liked to see someone else in the Legolas role. Get out. Orlando Bloom is very pretty, <laughs> as uh, as Frosty said, but he's just bad. Like he's not a good actor. He's the Kristen Stewart of Lord of the Rings. Uh, he could. He could... <laughs> I feel like that's kind of shots fired at Kristen Stewart. She's the same. Like, you know, they're both kind of blank slates. Uh, they are the um, they're the default character. Uh, when you do create a character, they are the <laughs> default skins for that. <laughs> yeah, just keep default settings. That's yeah, fine. yeah, it's fine. That's, that's um, pretty good. But yeah, I just. Not not in this, not in Troy, not in Pirates of the Caribbean. He he just is he's very flat. He's he's got a nice face. The ladies <laughs> love him, but he just he has no dramatic chops. I'm sorry. I, I will never get over his I, I could have put this in the overacting award, but this isn't like overacting, it's just bad acting. His reading of <laughs> a shadow and a threat has been growing in my mind. Something draws near. I can feel it. <laughs> Like the, the, there's never been like a more dramatic line with such hollowness. Like I'm always expecting Aragorn to just like turn to him and, and just say, cool story, bro. <laughs> that, that is the only way I can describe. I don't know. This... I, I would have, I would have considered casting maybe like an older, somewhat more established actor here with a little bit more gravitas. Mm. That just my, my personal take on that. Sean Connery. <laughs> Sean, Sean Connery has like a <laughs> Damn, um, like that would have been a completely different thing. <laughs> Legolash. <laughs> Legolash. Uh, I that's that's the thing. This is the only film I've really liked Orlando Bloom in. <laughs> it's always this trilogy. Um, because he's not Orlando Bloom. He's Legolas. That would have that would have made exactly. it like the taking the Hobbit to Isengard would have would have just been phenomenal. <laughs> um, too much shushing. More shushing than when Bob Burberg gives out free ice creams. Um, uh, that one how, has a blue son. How do we how do we feel about Liv Tyler? She's I awesome. think she did a good job. I think she did a good job personally. Yeah. Um, 
However, she's fine, I guess. Yeah, having Arwen in the this is a this is a bit of a a, a book nerd issue. Having Arwen in the film where she was completely was not actually there in the books. That was. Well, you have to give her something to do, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they did. That's that's a fair point. That was actually a completely different elf dude. But um, I think Orphan she Del. did. Yeah, she did really well. I felt. Um. Yeah. I think because it was a small enough role. Now, yeah. originally, in some of the other scripts, they did have a more expanded role for Arwen. She even has, there were even some filmed scenes with her fighting with Aragorn at Helm's Deep to try to like give her a bigger role in the story. And if you'd kind of flesh that out a little bit, and I didn't bring this up in what's age the worst, but um, I guess we can just say that in general, this movie does not pass the Bechdel test. Mm, <laughs> um, no. no, it does not. Um, so, I mean, having Arwen in there at all, I think is important, but if you wanted to have like a higher caliber actress in there, I guess like, my personal choices, if you're going for somebody who has that similar kind of dark haired look would be Jennifer Connelly mm. or um, Kate Winslet, somebody else I would consider. Um, but if that happened, teenage DK might've needed to get hosed down. <laughs> you have kind of a crush on both those actresses. There might've had been some hosing down. <laughs> That's um, all right. Beautiful. Cool off. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> I have some... Uh, I have some. Give us your modern cast, Steve. I want to hear this. So I only have a couple. Um, So I would. (laughs) Well, I almost got it out with a straight face. I would uh, recast Aragon uh, uh, as um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yep, chuck him in that role. (laughs) He'd be excellent. Um, Gandalf, I'd probably put Yao Ming in there. Um, have Yao Ming play Gandalf. Um, <laughs> it'd be a great uh, tree beard. You're ruining the yeah, movie, I'm... Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but actually, the the uh, the one that I that I seriously had, I would cast. Um, I would recast Frodo uh, using Tom Holland. I'd put him in that role. Um, I think he would be awesome. As Frodo. Yeah. Um, I almost think of him as more, as more like a Sam, though. He's the more excitable, or or, or, maybe, or maybe Pippin. I don't know. Uh, put him, put him as um, yeah. I was about to say either Pippin or Mary. His, one of those two. Uh, but his cho- his acting chops though, like oh yeah, like, oh so good. Timothy Chalamet, uh, but as Frodo or Legolas. Who's t- I, I keep having to look up with Timothy Chalamet. Uh, Paul Atreides, man. <laughs> He's Paul Atreides in uh, What kind of tradie? Like, does he do windows? <laughs> Paul Atreides. Also in, also in you know, uh, uh, Sacramento favorite film, Lady Bird. Oh, I have seen Lady Bird. Yeah. <laughs> He's the love interest for Saoirse Ronan in that film. Um, oh, you know who would be good as Legolas, maybe? Is, is Paul Dano. Do you know who Paul Dano is? Um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, of Paul Dano more as like worm tongue. <laughs> What's a worm tongue? Maybe that's just because I just saw the Batman recently. Oh, worm tongue yeah. is the like the dude who's the the guy, the creepy dude, hangs out with that the guy other, with no eyebrows, that old cat. Oh, I reckon um, uh, for for Grima, uh, Bill Skarsgård would actually mm, yeah, I could fit see that, that. Role pretty oh, well. Bill yeah. Skarsgård, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, Timothy Chalamet. Well, he looks like he's always on the lean. 
Um, that's really weird. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I love... Um, um, <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> you love fuck? I mean, okay, that's that's Don't fair. we are. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Holland. There we go. Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. Yeah, yeah, I would I would cast him as every role. Uh, except for <laughs> Yao Ming's my go to um, for that. This isn't necessarily a recast. I would have liked to have found a part in this film for, for John Hurt since he voiced Aragorn in the nineteen seventy eight version of Lord of the Rings. I thought it would have been a cool callback to have John Hurt in the film. I don't know where I would put him. Um, oh, that guy. Actually, I, I do. I do. I would have cast John Hurt as as Denethor, as Boromir and Faramir's father. I think he would have been much better than John Noble. I, uh, to, I, that, no, that again, I'm not, not a fan of, of that. To, to be fair, John Noble also would have been much better received if they actually did a good job with Denethor in the film. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah, because they, they, they didn't give him enough to work That with. was a train wreck. Is yeah. he the the one that's kind of all like grayed out until until like he's under the influence? No, that's that's no. Theoden. Oh, uh, who's yeah. Demerol? What did you say? His yeah, name yeah. Was? <laughs> Demerol. 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 Yeah, Demerol doesn't show up until until the third film. He's the uh, guy who sets himself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> John John Hurt is awesome. I love John Hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so good in v, v for Vendetta he's good in everything anyway yeah uh, Hurt, so Stanley says John Hurt for Bilbo then no that would have been interesting mm. it would have been as an old yeah old Bilbo what's mm. the guy's name who plays Bilbo Ian Holm yeah he's pretty who, awesome too who coincidentally was in Alien with John Hurt so there yeah. you go yeah yeah, yeah right. together yeah there you go um, uh, that's all I have for for recasting um yeah yeah i'm for Gandalf. all right uh here we're gonna have frost and i are gonna have to contain ourselves we'll move on to category eight we're, we're gonna call this not so half-assed internet <sighs> research because frosty and i have, mm. have devoted many hours of our lives to this film genre <laughs> extended yeah, i didn't universe. actually know what to do for for, for this section i i legitimately did not know what to do well we're rounding I, I, rounding the a two lot of this mark, is, so. is <laughs> yeah a lot of this is, is pretty well known so i mean we'll if you just have like one or two stories you want to throw in so one one that i'll throw in um because i don't know how well known this is in terms of a story related to the um the film but part of the reason we got three films instead of one is several people had tried to do this before the whole project was almost a disaster because of one of the real world's greatest villains you guessed it, Harvey Weinstein. Because <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> at the time, af- coming off of filming um, The Frighteners, Peter Jackson's previous film before that, mm. film I like, by the way. I like it um, too. He, he was locked into a contract with Miramax in the mid-90s, and Weinstein essentially controlled the option on whatever his next project was, and Jackson wanted to do Lord of the Rings. So he repeatedly pressured Jackson to condense the story into, at most, two films, but preferably one film, which would have completely destroyed any of the integrity of the story. Mm-hmm. There's one thing that yeah. Harvey Weinstein knows, it's how to ruin someone's integrity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fortunately, mutual distaste between the two and setbacks uh, with the project led Miramax and Weinstein to abandon the film, and they let New Line take over and hire Jackson away from his contract with Miramax. And they were much more enthusiastic for a three-film trilogy. 
But not necessarily because I thought it would make a better story. They just wanted to force moviegoers to spend $27 going to the, the cinema instead of 18 So that was that was why we got three Lord of the Rings films, was from the greed of executives and the short-sightedness of one of the world's truly most awful people. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily too fussed as to why we got three films. Yeah. But I'm happy. And I'm also glad that, that we don't have to see executive producer Harvey Weinstein every time I rewatch the movie. Oh, yeah. That always leaves a bad taste whenever I see that in anything that I watch now. Then I assume you're a big fan of Blood Diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> they look good. I don't really care how they got here. No, no, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, fuck with you. Um, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. What's age the worst? <laughs> that. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. That for sure. Oh, oh. All right, so what's a, what's a good bit of trivia you got here, Frosty? Uh, one, of, one of my favorite bits would be um, the fact that Sean Bean, because he's deathly afraid of flying, uh, would never actually mm. take the helicopter um, when they, when they film mountain scenes. He would get up two to three to four hours sometimes earlier in full costume and travel up the mountain, and they'd meet. He'd meet them up there when he got there. Um, Could you imagine, <laughs> like, filming, which is... being on a scenic flight, like a scenic helicopter, like flight of the oh, area? Oh, there's Sean Bean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can see that, right? <laughs> wow, New Zealand's a magical place. <laughs> to be fair. If I've been killed on screen as many times as Sean Bean, I might be afraid to, to get in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly but, um, that's, one that's of these days is going to happen for real. This, I knew this is how it would end for me. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one of my favorite bits, um, I've, I've got to say, because I, I am fully on board with them. I hate flying. I absolutely do, and I would do the same thing. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and... I hate to speak for you, Than, but I don't have anything for this this part. Um, I assume you don't either. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's the there's there's the super obvious one with you know Vigo breaking his toe when he kicks mm. the when he kicks the the orc helmet, and you know his 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 scream of frustration is an actual scream of pain and da 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 da. Was that in this film it, though, or was that in? That's, that's yeah. not until the second film. No, oh, that's, that's not until the thought. second. But yeah, but, but I mean, I mean, that's still that, that that's still like one of the like coolest things across kind of. Well, related yeah. to that, something that does happen in this film though is that during the fight with Lurtz, when he has the dagger thrown yep. at his at his face and he knocks it out of the way. That was not scripted either. He wasn't supposed to throw the dagger at that point, and it almost hit him in the face, and he knocked it out of the way with his sword. Yeah. So, that's, that's, another, I mean, actually, I told you, yeah. this guy's just a badass. Actually, another another fun one was Gandalf, when he hits his head in Bag End. Um, it was not <laughs> scripted, but he just went along with the filming. Oh, really? That's all? Yeah, and that so, sound is so beautiful. perfect, yeah. too. Like, I'm like, that it was great. Yeah. That's just a natural sound that comes out of you. Oh! Yeah, and that, and that made it so, yeah. <laughs> perfect old man mckellen voice uh, <laughs> and uh, it just fits so well so yeah that was an accident um but they they kept it in because amazing the best acting is often not acting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. funny how that works so i i guess we'll get into another this was something interesting that i delved into in the last week because i mean everybody knows about how influential this was just on New Zealand and tourism and becoming the symbol of the, the country. So I wanted to kind of delve into, I'm like, okay, well, how much did Lord of the Rings and like Lord of the Rings inspired tourism actually affect like the New Zealand economy and things like that? And when I delved into it, it's more controversial than I initially thought. 
Um, by some estimates, interest in New Zealand increased significantly in the first decade of the 2000s, so after Lord of the Rings came out. But, I mean, and I'm an academic. Correlation isn't causation. And two of the actual studies that I looked at suggested the film's direct impact on tourism, like how many people actually came to New Zealand because they're like, oh, that's where Lord of the Rings is filmed. I want to go there. Um, they estimated that it actually amounts to less than 1% of all New Zealand tourism dollars. Wow. Um, another article suggested a figure of about $630 million a year annually uh, related to Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit-related tourism. But given that New Zealand generates about $62 million in tourism per day, that isn't quite as significant as it, as it sounds. So but you guys do okay on the, the tourism dollars, apparently. Not during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's been a bit of a, a setback. Um, we had to rely on Queenstown's GDP to get us through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Waikato's like, people don't want to come here. Like, nah, you're good, Waikato. You're good. <laughs> Another piece that I read had suggested that, well, sure, if you only look at direct impacts, like how many people said, like, oh, well, I want to go to New Zealand to see where they film Lord of the Rings. That's one thing, but... There may also be indirect impacts, like the number of feature film productions that have shot in New Zealand mm-hmm. have increased significantly since 2001, mm-hmm. um, which may be partly attributable to the film's stunning visuals, box office success, that kind of stuff. And uh, I also was discovering in my reading that the project was not without controversy even at the time, um, especially from local and environmental advocates had real concerns about the impacts of, of filming um, in areas in and around uh, New Zealand's national parks and, and other kind of wild spaces and things like that, because they are very picturesque and they wanted to keep them that way. There was because some. Why wouldn't you want to keep them that way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty nice country. Uh, yeah. Jim says, My town stinks, so I don't know if people won't like coming here. Poor Rotorua. Very smelly. <laughs> <laughs> smelly. <laughs> That's the one that smells like sulfur all the time? Yeah. 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 Um, what what worms are for? It's what what? Dummy worms are for. I was that that was the 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 trick that I always used to do when I went there. I'd I'd have dummy worms and basically be sucking on them while I was you know walking oh. around because because then you you know you've got that hitting your taste buds instead of the sulfur, so you're not. They got weed in them. <laughs> Not in this country, my friend. Uh, I well, thought you maybe were... in this country. Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought you were like jamming them in your nose as like plugs. And like no. walking around like... Oh, that was the gummy I was curious about it. I'm like, yeah. where is he going with this? Yeah. I, I want to yeah. hear. Fan that was the, the gummy biz. Fan the colorful walrus. <laughs> um, there is there is some stuff, and I haven't really looked into it, but there's something about like uh, what they refer to as the Hobbit law. Um, I don't know a lot about it, but yeah, there was some some sort of uh, some sort of legislation um, around like how movie movie companies don't like pay a whole lot to produce here or something. I don't know. I can't remember what it was about. Um, look it up, kids. Hobbit law. You're welcome. 
You could look that up. Yeah, that, that was literally your. This is supposed to be half-ass in your research. You put a lot of emphasis on the half-ass, but not enough on the research. Uh, like I would say, like I really half-assed it because I literally just looked it up. One thing I was like, there's, uh, there's some legislation around Lord of the Rings. Quarter quarter asked. Yeah, quarter that was the uh, Amendment Act, the Employment Relations Amendment Act, 2010, commonly Ooh. referred to as the really Hobbit Law. Uh, means film production workers are independent contractors unless they are party to a written employment agreement that states they are employees. I don't know what that means, but there you go. That's mm. Well, let me tell you, we got some issues over here stateside and especially in California with our whole uh, independent contractor industry since um, Uber and Lyft and those various other mm. delivery services. Although they're employees as independent contractors, which means that they don't have to pay them benefits or things like that. So that's yeah. gotten to be a whole level of things. But thing. you guys have a much more generous social safety net in your country than we do. So it may be less of an issue. I don't know exactly how your, your tax laws related to independent contractors work. So I can't speak to that either. Well, your safety net's made out of wet spaghetti. So, you know, it's not over. That, is, that might be generous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Lindsay Ellis it gets does... worse depending upon what state you're in. True. <laughs> Hence the move. Uh, Lindsay Ellis uh, yeah. on YouTube does a great three-part series on The Hobbit and covers that in detail. It means that as default, you're a contract and therefore have limited employment rights. Yeah, there's, there's it's like the dark side of, of um, what's sort of come out of, like I said earlier, it seemed like almost everyone was employed by, um, you know, by the film over over or by the the trilogy um and then the again, hobbit the industrial hobbit. complex <laughs> yeah exactly right um yeah so like yeah it, it had like big repercussions um but whatever that's that's a yep. show for a different podcast all, all right here. probably unanswerable questions number nine mm. try me all right, yeah. So, so, I was gonna say, so, so, Frosty, do you all tackle the the whole uh, why didn't they just have the eagles fly them to Mordor question? <laughs> right. So, uh, I did mention this slightly to BC last night with the with the whole whispering to the moth and the eagle showing up. Right. So, the eagle and the other eagles actually, um, so they owed Gandalf a solid, essentially, uh, from a much further back time, and. Um, so the reason that they didn't take the eagles to Mordor for one thing, one, they would have just gotten fucking murdered um, by Nazgul and the fell beasts and all that sort of stuff. Like, no point in just flying there. Because uh, it was supposed to be a secret mission um, from Elrond for one thing. The other, the eagles didn't owe them shit and wouldn't have done it. Like, <laughs> the eagles use eagles like, eh. want, bro. Yeah, the eagles literally at the time didn't give a single flying crap about the ring because they were just like... Oh, it's not in my area of the country, whatever. Um, right. And it was the same thing with like with with Tom Bombadil, um, uh, another lot of lore in there. They would have like more than likely not cared about the ring, would forgotten about it, um, because it was just it, it wasn't an important thing to them. So even if they did ask to just fly them to Mordor, they would have probably been like, nah. I'm gonna go beat and, up a dragon or something. <laughs> even if you go with this vision that I don't particularly care for of Sauron as a literal giant eyeball, you're like flying right at eyeball height right there. You don't want to be yeah, doing exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Over the mountains, bad. eyeball height. What's it gonna yeah, do? Blink yeah. at you? <laughs> Blind you? Swear um, at you in Morse code? Yeah. So I mean, like there was there was that, and like more off screen, they they did actually have Balrogs. Um, in the ranks of military for Mordor, which could have just flown and fucked up the eagles. 
So that's well, a, that's, that's assuming thing. that Balrogs have wings. Yeah, which is another there, controversial part argument of the too. Lore. Yeah, there, there is that argument too. But yeah, it would have been there was no point in them flying to Mordor. That would have been useless. Plus, we wouldn't have gotten a six story. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean that, that's really point A is uh, well, then there's no story. It's like anything else. Why? Why? Why did they let the other two hobbits go with the fellowship? Good for morale. Really, though. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> more more or less. Like, if you you delve into what um like is, is actually said at the Council of Elrond, which I mean. If they would have adapted that entire chapter, that on its own probably would have been a two-hour film without long people are talking. It's because it's literally like four, just forty pages of people talking in the <laughs> in the story. Um, but essentially, Elrond and the other elves are just talking about the hobbits, and they're just like, "Wow, these guys are like seriously impressive. Like Bilbo is awesome. Frodo got the ring here. They both managed to like resist the corruption of the ring. So there is something that's just." innately cool about these hobbits that they are resistant to this kind of strain of evil so maybe we send more they'll kind of keep frodo's spirits up and kind of keep him away from sort of the the temptations of the rings the thing was you know they're already here let's go ahead send them no problem the other one was um that it it fit as almost a prophetical way nine against nine because there were nine raids and then when the fellowship added to nine they were like sick yeah, yeah, but, but that's <laughs> yeah. that's good for like law, but like not good for practicality. Because that's like oh, absolutely not. But nobody else wanted to go. So. Yeah, but that's the same as like you know, like I'm going to the shop, and then all the kids are like, oh, I'm coming to the shop too. <laughs> You're like, oh fuck, and then it just takes so much longer because you know kids have yeah, tiny 100%. legs and um, <laughs> they're always making heaps of noise and you know like. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. So be like, oh, we're coming too, and that's when one of the big people should have been like, "How about you? How about you stay here? We'll, we'll voice chat with them every couple of days, okay? We'll give them, we'll jump on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> the we'll Discord. jump on the plant here yeah. and we'll we'll chat. <laughs> yeah, you guys can be in the group chat, but like you can't go on the actual trip, okay? Um, that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 DK and I said pretty much sums it up though as an answer yes god we yeah. thought they were cool so i guess they can come yeah. oh no that's good. uh way way back in chat we had a, a question from boneyards that already answered about what happened to the uh seven dwarven rings <laughs> and i had come up with with the answer that four of them were eaten by dragons or otherwise lost two of them are recovered by sauron um one was still held by um Thror, the grandfather of Thorin Oakenshield, and passed his son Thrain, but Thrain was also captured by Sauron's forces, so presumably the ring also passed back into his possession about that time as well. So there you go. Yeah. That's the fate fun, of the seven dwarf rings. Yeah, a fun fact about the dwarves as well is Sauron made an oopsie and didn't realize that the dwarves, when he tried to corrupt them with the rings, were like, nah, we like our shiny stones more. <laughs> <laughs> so M- like, Much oh, like Steve, they, they like their toys. Yeah. Yeah, they, they um, the only ones that got pretty much completely um, diddle handled by Sauron with the rings were the um, were the men. That was that was about it. Uh, the dwarves were like, nah, like Mithril. Um, Humans, then, man, can't trust yeah. them. Can't trust no. them. Can't live with them. Can't we're not that great. We're not that great. Um, so why why were the rings forged in the first place? 
do you want to answer DK or, <laughs> or should uh, I? You're, you're the guest. You can start it off. Why not? So essentially, uh, going real back far into the into the lore. So if you've got tiers of like spirits, right? Uh, you have um, re- regular spirit sort of things. Then you go up and you've got the Mayo, which are things like Gandalf, the Balrog, Saruman, all that. Then it goes up another one, and you've got entities like Sauron, um, and th- there's a bunch of others that I'm not going to bother pronouncing and whatnot. Um, and Sauron was one of these greater entities, and he decided that, no, screw the god of this world. I want to do my own stuff here and make things and whatnot, just in a different image. And then when that didn't quite go to plan, and the other higher gods and whatnot made things like elves, dwarves, men, blah, blah, blah. Sauron started hatching this genius plan um, to corrupt things with his own will. And to come across as a nice guy first, he forged essentially pretty jewelry um, because one of his powers as this uh, being was he was actually just a fantastic blacksmith, essentially, um, and, and, and very dominating. So he forged the jewelry, gave it to them as, as, as party gifts, essentially, and he's like, <laughs> here, take it. Um, these are sick and they'll give you good powers long life all that sort of stuff and i definitely won't come back and take them away um and then once he did that for all of them he made the one ring which is what he so each of the other rings had a little bit of his will a little bit of his life in each of them and then when he forged the one ring that had all of his dominating will in it what the ring was supposed to do is dominate life and and corrupt uh everybody else that had one of these rings first but it didn't quite go to plan. Like I said, elves were pure as shit, saw it coming from a mile away. Dwarves were just like, nah, Mithril's cool. Um, but the the men were like, uh, yes, all please. right. <laughs> and then got corrupted over time, became wraiths, blah, 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 lost their corporeal form. So it was essentially he forged them as a, as a sneaky gift, um, uh... essentially to, yeah. Yeah, like a Trojan yeah, one those, horse. One of those things that comes with strings attached. Yeah, and, it's like a Trojan, Trojan horse. Yeah, and and I mean, slight note on that. Technically speaking, the the three elven rings were for, were forged by Celebrimbor, who was the yeah. the elvish ringsmith, without the aid of Sauron. So that's why they did not immediately corrupt the elves, is that they weren't under the dominance of the one to the same degree. But having still been made with the same techniques that Sauron had taught them, like eventually they feared that that it would kind of corrupt them and, and their works and things like that. Um, but the other main purpose of like the, the elves rings, much as like the dwarves, like their shiny stuff, what the elves really wanted to do was like preserve stuff against the ravages of time because they are immortal, but they see the decay and everything else. So they wanted to be able to preserve things like Rivendell and Lothlorien and keep them like safe from the, the ravages of time and things like that. So that's what they used their rings for rather than trying to dominate and take control of things, which is essentially what, what men wanted and mm. why they get so tr- easily turned into ring race and things like that mm. oh, i could listen to you guys talk about this shit all day it's so good <laughs> no. no i mean and, and even sauron is himself a, a a pale echo of like a of a greater evil um mm. named melkor or morgoth who was sort of oh, his yeah. lord and master in the in the first age did you say milka yeah. so <laughs> uh, i think uh, than's lost the ability to to converse with us <laughs> yeah oh no <laughs> uh, 
It's a, it's... He cannot yet take physical form, but his spirit has lost none of its potency. Uh-oh. Hang on. Let's, uh... Uh-oh. Steam. Seems weird. Let's go here. Ah, we've got a stand for Than. Nah. Perfect. Old man Than. Oh, uh, Jen says, <laughs> for the Kiwis, Paul Holmes, the newsman, was an orc. You think it was in the two towers? Uh, I think I did hear about that. Oh, Paul Holmes. He said some, some casually racist shit. <laughs> <laughs> he said some stuff. Oh, he did say some stuff. <laughs> At a point, he was like, he was in that generation of like, you know, harmless racism. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got such a bad name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he back. It was old style racism. Uh, you're still Than for now. There we go. There we go. Is he back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Then you're 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 back in time for a question that I wanted to ask you <laughs> and ask everybody else here, which is okay. this maybe an you're answerable question: Is this the best of the three films in the trilogy? Ooh. Ooh. That is. Huh. I'm just gonna make noises and and buy myself time to think <laughs> about this because Jesus. Um. So. I think I think there is a good argument to be made that this is the best of of the three movies in as much as I think that this one um you know because because the scope is narrower and a little and a little more focused on I mean on the nine I mean it's all it's all focused on on the nine in various ways shapes and forms throughout obviously but i feel like this one is kind of the most intimate view into all of it, it everything else as as you go i mean there's there there's obviously the 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 escalations that that happen with regards to you know your 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 end of movie scenes get bigger and bigger and bigger as as that goes um and and that's not to say that two towers and turn the king don't have you know some great character moments and and all of that um but i feel like there that there that there there is a a a level of intimacy with this film that you don't get in the two towers or return of the king um and 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 then and then there 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 is also kind of the secondary thing thing as well that um i mean it's kind it's kind of like a lot of things like this was this was the first you know it's kind of like you know first love first first this first that first whatever like first milking this, mm-hmm. <laughs> first milking yes every, yes yes um like you you know you, you you're always going to have you know slightly more romanticized memories with regards to you know this the, this film within the trilogy structure because like you know going going back to something that we said at the beginning like you know this this was you know the the kind of reintroduction of fantasy into mainstream movies again um you know, and and I don't think I I I, I think I, I think we now take for granted everything that we have 
as a result of this trilogy because i mean let's face it like if if this trilogy bombs if like if it is not this just amazing amazingly crafted piece of 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 cinema like do we get the mcu in its current form yeah go that's with, what i was gonna say I'm not, go like, not, no. not only like game of thrones but do we get investment and in stuff like like the mcu because that's a huge investment for a studio to make up front over you know we're going to make x number of films and we're going to spend you know these many many millions of dollars on it because clearly the public has this appetite for these epic world-spanning stories which yeah they didn't necessarily have before that mm, yeah so so but so obviously so i went way more meta with, with that answer but yeah no i did i do think that this the the fellowship i think fellowship is actually my favorite of of the three and i mean and 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 that is a hard you know that that, that, that is a hard distinction to make because they're all real fucking good mm. like i don't think they're you know that you know obviously all of us bar steve-o have seen these movies <laughs> multiple multiple times and are happy to watch them at the drop of a hat so three. it's not so it's not like three is multiple so it's not like they're not it's, it's not like there, there's any any bad in any of them like I, i'll happily watch any of the three of them at, at any time but if you you know say you have to pick one yeah i'm, I'm probably gonna go with fellowship mm, it's it's an interesting take because i think from like the layman perspective uh, or the non non-fantasy uh enthusiast um i th i think like as a standalone movie like this one this one would probably not not hold the interest of somebody who wasn't into fantasy for as long as say like um return of the king um because like you know that film from memory and it's been a while um and i might I reserve the right to change my opinion once i rewatch it but um that film had a lot of action beats same with same with two towers from memory lot of action beats so they returning oh, king is definitely sucks. pretty action-packed really, really just the one oh, guts um thank you sorry i'm sorting out uh getting some warmer options for my feet <laughs> it's very cold here. <laughs> just put on your your hairy hobbit feet bro that'd be fine <laughs> yeah um <laughs> thank you uh but yeah like I, I i from memory remember liking the the third one um more personally Cheers. All right, Frosty. What say you? Oh man, it's uh, I've been Cold dreading enough. it coming to me um, because <laughs> I it, it's it's really really difficult for me to answer that. Um, probably as far as the film that I've seen the most, I'm gonna say Return of the King, um, just because it is by far the one that I watched most as a kid because uh, it's I think the extended from memory was the longest of them so it allowed me it is. to have that comfortability to fall to sleep too um <laughs> and and just in case i woke up after that i knew the film was still on and i could fall asleep again but i it's it's torn between the two towers and return of the king for me um i love don't get me wrong absolutely not. i love fellowship yeah okay. love fellowship to pieces but i just love all of these films so much i think 
Two Towers for me was brilliant because it introduced things like the Ents. There were, you know, you're, you're getting even higher fantasy here with talking tree shepherds, man. That's, that's <gasps> I'm in a tree! <laughs> Thanks, PC. I've been waiting. Um, I've been waiting like twenty four hours yeah. to use that one. <laughs> and you know the the whole battle um, of Orthanc and and stuff like that with Treebeard finally realizing that Saruman is a prick and um, <laughs> letting out his roar, getting all of his tree buddies to come in. You know, that that sort of thing, like breaking the dam and having the water come through from the river. Um, and also everything to do with Rohan, awesome, because mm-hmm. I, I just love Rohan and the design choices because it's very um, Celtic Norse, that sort of thing. Um, love the story with Theoden. Yeah, so Two Towers, great, but Return of the King is, I think, my favorite and quintessential Lord of the Rings film just for the amount of battle that is in it and because I've always loved Lord of the, Ring War, uh, Lord of the Rings Wars. Um, and then you, you go higher fantasy with obviously Shelob being there. Um, then you, you get, because I was young, I loved funny Gimli. So it really upped it, mm. you know, in that mm. as well with him versus Legolas for the killing competitions, which is book accurate. So yes. <laughs> that's great. That is true. Um, and you know, the battle of Pelennor fields. And then when you reckon, you know, that feels like the apex of the film. And then there's a whole nother big freaking war that happens at the black gate yeah there's like and, an hour and a half it's still left to go yeah i know <laughs> and it's just it's just to me that's so freaking phenomenal because i i love vast worlds with big storylines big battles that happen across you know many different areas which is why i'm a huge fan of things like warhammer 40k now um and mm. you know i think it was just my favorite film because then it had uh, a, a happy bittersweet ending as well um which was you know, it was great for me. It just, it really took everything that I started loving about fantasy up to that, you know, top level and finished it off perfectly with uh, mostly a happy story. And, um... Ish. Yeah, ish. 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 Like, it's bittersweet, but, yeah. um... Well, Tolkien does, no? does bittersweet. That's very much yeah. his Also, um, also I, was, I was quite happy because Faramir, you know, finally got his mostly you know um happy end to his story which i think they did him a disservice in the film as well um that was i believe uh who Tolkien said that that was the character he most identified with um mm-hmm. which was fantastic and faramir is by far and large in lore one of my favorite characters um and yeah return of the king i think is definitely my my big one sorry for the long answer to a simple question <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I think, I, I, I think, you know, w- one thing that you know we do a lot of on this podcast is, is you know, we 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 do tend to go for cerebral answers a lot of the times, just because, um, you know, we can, you know, we like we like to mix this up. We like to have really smart answers, and then we like to have, you know, our really stupid and fu- funny answers Ridiculous. too. As, as far as that goes, I think, I, I think, like one of the other things, though, like if you know, taking like all three movies as a whole. And yeah, obviously the extended editions—they're really long fucking movies. Like each of them is definitely not short. However, they never like it. Like it never f- feels like a slog, which is which is the other reason that for me it's hard to pick. You know, you know, like 
you know they're they're, they're like all kind of like right neck and neck with with each other as as far as you know overall mm. quality it's like it's like yeah okay this movie is three and a half hours this movie is four hours but it doesn't feel like three and a half or four hours when you're watching them it just feels like it's it just it just it, yeah, it just yeah, feels yeah. good as a as opposed to something like that i just wasted four hours of of my life on the snyder cut of justice league <laughs> if you if you haven't bothered with that i'm gonna tell you right now don't fucking bother like it is it is four hours that feels like eight well, I don't like smashing my hand with a hammer, so no, I did not opt for. Blind yeah, blind. no, I, I, I'm, but, 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 but I use that as you know, as, as, as in the contrast, because the Snyder cut of Justice League is a four-hour movie mm. that again feels like eight. I mean, like I have an annual rewatching of Lord of the Rings, but all three of them together in one day, and I don't yeah. think any yeah. other like trio of films or however many films have ever made me want to do that mm. yeah, well, the original three star yeah. wars I've, I've definitely done that fair yeah, even, for... yeah even with those i don't think i've i don't think i've like i've definitely watched back to back star wars but i don't think i've ever sat out and be like you know what i'm doing today is watching a complete like 12 hours of of films and i'm mm -hmm. gonna love every seven like every second of it i don't even want to get up to pee <laughs> well, well, it's like so. So, what, what? One of the things that 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 I have this very, a very clear memory of, you know, us doing with all the Auckland lit lasers people this would have been like oh five oh six or something. Like we 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 literally got like almost everybody. We went over to Lone Soul's grandparents' house because they had like the largest <laughs> the, the largest house, not Stevo because Stevo, um, and. We basically we we did the full extended edition marathon with with, with like it was literally like t ten or fifteen Auckland lit lit laser people and it was fucking incredible. Um, the part that was the the part that was super funny was that literally like the like four weekends leading up to this, it rained like all weekend every weekend the four weekends leading up to it. The one weekend that like we're inside for fucking like twelve, 12 hours, hours watching watching movies. It was, so it was the fucking gorgeous day. It was like the most <laughs> mint day ever. And all of us are kinda like Well, that tracks. And so We and, already and, said we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it and we do it. And then literally like the next like two weekends after it pissed down ran again as well. So literally we picked like the one weekend in like the space of like two months where the weather was good to spend the entire Saturday inside watching these movies. But like, again, like, you know, 12 plus hours, it didn't feel like 12 plus hours. Uh, just feels so, good. Yeah. <laughs> just feels good. All right. Yeah. Uh, since I asked the question, um, personally, yes, I, it is my favorite of the three. I think some of that does have to do with what you mentioned, Than that it is the first one. It's your entry into this world. This one has to land. It was something unlike anything that I'd seen up to that point and said, yes, this really captured what I felt like was the spirit of the book. Um, it was especially built up for me at the time because I had just reread the book and I was a, a um, like 
essentially a TA at the time for one of my previous teachers um, in in high school. And he was teaching it to like his freshman English class because he was very excited about the film coming out. So it was like, you guys are going to want to go see this film, but before you do, you should read the book. So actually like sitting down and then reading it as a class and really digging into that kind of stuff and him bringing me in as, as like a side expert on, on like the book and things like that and having to delve into the lore and all that. So it just, it came at, I guess, a, a pretty important moment. And that, and I think it's also, it's the tightest narrative because it's essentially just keeping with the same set of characters all the way through. Whereas for Two Towers and Return of the King, oh, this is bad necessarily, but you have to go back and forth between different groups about who's yeah. doing what at what time. So you you have to make decisions about which part of the story you're telling at, at what time. And they do a good job. Again, like Francie had said, it's not that I don't like the latter two films. I absolutely love them, and there's something that's magical about each one of them, but I, I think that Fellowship is ultimately my favorite of the three. I found myself resenting all of the, the Hobbit stuff in the, in the uh, next two films because because they they throw so much like battle at you with with the other characters you're like go back to the act like as again someone who do <laughs> like i don't want to see mary and pippin smoking weed yeah, exactly that. yeah i don't like <laughs> oh cool we're back to the hobbits walking again awesome um yeah. <laughs> but as but you know as someone who who i think i have a better appreciation actually since playing a little bit of D, you get a better appreciation for the lore um or the law that goes into the, some of this stuff um but at the time i'm like i just want to go back and see like those three awesome action figures like smashing up a whole army again that's that's what i want um but yeah yeah plus yeah, i'd rather go out in the sunshine Fair fan all right, we're getting down to our last few categories. So number 10, the Sven Ole Thorson That Guy Award for the actor who appears in a ton of TV and film, but most people don't know their name. They're just, hey, it's that guy from blank. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this one I think is hard because I think most of the actors have become well-known because of these films. Mm. I have some. Um, <laughs> but, but we're, like, for instance, were Viggo Mortensen and Sean Bean, were they that guys before Lord of the Rings I, came I, out? I, I feel like both of them were like I, I, I think, I think they were in, in that category of very well, very well respected. Um, you know, always, you know, always turned in amazing performances with the things that they did, and and yeah, you would go, oh yeah, no, that guy, but they, but they weren't necessarily household names, um, but. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like that's almost most of this cast. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 I, I, I feel like leading into this movie, most of this cast were that guys. Maybe not I mean, Elijah Wood, because he, he like. That was that was Elijah Wood. He was from Flipper. Yeah, yeah, but but he was. But, I mean, he was a well-known child actor for that yeah. point. This was yeah. really his first, like I would adult. say, adult role. Yeah, yeah. But but you but you understand the 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 point that I'm making there. It's like yeah, eh? and then Stallion makes the comment in chat that you know this this was or Orlando Bloom's first movie. So, Not eligible then. He can't be that guy from anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's that guy from Lord of the Rings. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, much. I have some. Yeah, I, I feel like most that most people would have felt like Sean Bean, uh, like, oh, that's the bad guy from from GoldenEye and Patriot Games. Because I'm, I'm going to assume that not a lot of American or New Zealand audiences, for that matter, were real familiar with, with um, Sharp in 2001, which is a series I feel, of the early I feel 90s. I like Lord of the Rings made it, um, made his name recognizable. Like, yeah, oh, Sean, Sean Bean, Bean is Sean Bean because beforehand, of Lord Yeah, what, whereas beforehand it was like, oh, it's that dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good chunk of people. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I would say, like, probably... I don't know. I don't know if Hugo Weaving was a household name or people said, oh, it's Agent Smith from The Matrix. It's that guy. So, yeah, maybe it was maybe. most of the people in the film fan. Yeah. Make a good yeah I mean, again, like, like the, I, I think I think we can go like I, I, I think the thing that that you have to look at also is I don't know that there was necessarily anybody that was cast that when you looked at them in the movie, like your your first thought was, oh, this is th- this one hundred percent is this person from insert other thing here. Like like I mean I maybe 100%. Sean Aston. Yeah, He's okay. Rudy. <laughs> like yeah. that's Rudy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like Sean Bean was probably pretty still pretty recognizable. Whereas with Viggo Mor- uh, Mortensen, it was like he looked very different as as aragon i felt yeah yeah, yeah. Right, so, he's, okay. he's got strong five o'clock shadow game yeah in, in fellowship yeah. right there oh yeah all right so 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 so, so i think the, the 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 award goes to pretty much the whole fucking main cast brian, okay cool brian yeah, pro- probably not sh- what <laughs> brian sergeant i Oop. literally said oh it's that guy last night as i was watching the film Brian Sarge is New Zealand, oh. New Zealand actor. Yeah. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff, but he, he uh, and maybe it doesn't count because it came after, but he was in Outrageous Fortune, uh, which is a TV show over here. Um, yeah. He was in uh, Fly of the Concords TV show a little bit. But basically, um, oh. yeah, he, um, he, he was like in a tavern or something. I can't remember. He popped up. And okay. I was like, oh, is that guy? Yeah. You- no, you also said that about um, Martin Sokas, who played. <laughs> yeah. Celeborn, oh, Celeborn. yeah. Yeah. Celeborn, yeah. yeah. Um, is that um, Yuri? Yeah. That guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You also said that about him. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I, oh, I was like, yeah, I like, was like, oh, who's that? that? Is that the guy from, the bad guy from Triple X? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I fully didn't realize he was a New Zealander either. Is he a Kiwi? No, he's not a Kiwi. Yeah, he's yeah, he's from Invercargill. What? Is yeah. that? No, surely not. What's his name? <laughs> Martin, Martin Sokas. Martin Sokas. That's yeah, spelled C S O K A S, I believe. Uh, oh, he is yeah, a Kiwi. Kiwi. Yeah, oh. I know, right? There you go. There you go. There you go. Shot yeah, so I, yeah, I think. I think Sean Astin might have already been Sean Astin. Christopher Lee was already Christopher Lee. He was well known. He was definitely yeah. more than more than oh, that guy. Um, I would say Liv Tyler was Liv Tyler. If anybody knew mm-hmm. Liv Tyler, it's oh yeah, it's the guy from Aerosmith's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they were like, hey, that's the chick from Armageddon. But I think I think she Liv Tyler was already Liv Tyler. Um, okay, so yeah, but I, I think yeah, this made a lot of people's careers. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, Apex Mountain. Was this film the apex of anyone's career where they're at the peak of their powers? Totally Elijah Wood and Sean Astin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on your feelings about Sean Athens' early career, like how you feel about, say, the Goonies? Rudy or, or yeah, or even Goonies. Goonies. Yeah. Suppose. I, I feel, I, mm, oh, I don't know. Elijah maybe Wood, yes. Maybe it's my generation. Um, maybe, maybe. Yeah, very well could be that I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking at it with probably bias eyes. Yeah, Elijah Wood, yes. Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan, yes. Oh, yeah, true. Stallion said uh, Peter Jackson. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Recently, been think he's been living his best life recently. Actually, well, yeah, but he, but he gets those things because of this these sets of films. And I mean, sure. he wins he wins best director for Return. Of I the mean, Day, this which was I mean, probably was really yeah. Vig, uh, Viggo Mortensen's apex, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think he's a, yeah, I think he's a criminally underrated actor, all things yeah. told. But this is definitely his apex film. Yeah. But I would never. I think never again could I see him as a different character like and feel nah. comfortable with it and it's like no nah, that's aragon there was another film that it was like um i don't know the guy in the house or something some some dumb name um and he was in it and i was like this sucks <laughs> I, I i watched the film like oh, I, I started watching the film off the back that uh, that it was him in the film mm. and i was like this is dumb like it's all, all i'll say is you get watch, watch crimson tide he's great in crimson tide and that's a great film you should definitely watch it I love Crimson Tide. Yeah. Um, Sean Bean. I I don't know. Maybe people may say Game of Thrones for I Sean would say Bean. Game of yeah, I feel like I, I feel like season one of Game Game mm. of Thrones would be his apex mount, mountain. Like I mean, yeah. This is this is this is not quite his apex. I I, I feel like yeah. S one got is probably is probably. Well, I don't know. Like it, it's. I suppose as far as like how prominent of an actor he was in the film, I suppose Game of oh, sorry, well series Game of Thrones was probably his apex. But as far as like how big a thing was, or still is, maybe. Uh, yeah, still is. I was gonna say Game of Thrones was huge yeah, in its heyday, like, but there's yeah. been very few things that cratered as quickly after they were over as Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, that's a yeah. Issue. That's that's fair, um, and 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 Stallion does make another good, good comment in chat about it. it's Apex Mountain just with a really nice easy slope down. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that the rest of your career was bad by any stretch. Well, history I mean, like, of violence was the movie. Uh, yeah, history of violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what, I saw what watching did, it. Yuck. Dumb. What else did um, Sir Christopher Lee end up appearing in afterwards? Outside uh, of like, Spy Kids. Well, he was. Know, he was doing Star Wars about the same time as yeah. this. That was also early 2000s. That's true. Um, other projects he was in, Sleepy Hollow was a little before this, and that was a really small role that he had. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of other of other stuff that he was in after Lord of the Rings yeah, I mean, and before he did Small Cameos for The Hobbit. Oh, yeah. Was he Willy uh, Wonka's dad? The, the dad, yeah, yeah the dentist. Yeah. Oh, he played a great role in that. That was out of here stupid <laughs> goddamn movie doesn't oh yeah it's a terrible movie but i mean christopher, oh, it's a terrible right, movie, no but christopher lee was in it so it's like fuck yeah light it all on <laughs> yeah. fire and it's like well, oh, the, yeah chuck it in and the i think Yuck. what about like a like a, a subcategory here of not maybe it's not their career apex mountain because it like obviously christopher lee is christopher an lee. established like he legend the of the screen and stuff like that yeah. but if we're what about like late career apex if you're looking at people and i'm still thinking of 
Christopher Lee, Ian McKellen, and John Reese davies because they have a huge body of work, and they'd been acting for a long time mm. before this, and I, I think you can say that they probably had bigger projects, but it's like, did this in, introduce them to another generation, and like, mm. late in their, their their latter part of their career, it was just like a mini apex. I, like, I it, feel it was like that. Then it shot right back up. Yeah, I feel like that was probably John Reese davies apex. Um, like, even... Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like he was at, like later after this. Like, what did he do that was as iconic as Gimli? Yeah, kind of thing. Don't, don't know. And honestly, yeah. like he he could have been Gandalf too. Yeah, like if you yeah. if you cast, like he could have been played a great Gandalf as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Ian McKellen definitely. I feel like that was probably his apex. Even though I was saying to um, BC last night that Ian McKellen and Christopher Lee are just constantly at the apex of their career, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. It's less an apex. It's more just a a very high plateau. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's the highest of plateaus. Mm. And so Ian McKellen cats and... Mm-mm. It's so high. That, okay, it's... so the, the apex it, it drops somewhere, somewhere before he gets to that. Point. And it went right, right back up because it's like I still Ian McKellen. Their their plateau was so high that the old dude from Up keeps trying to land his house on it. That's. Right. On that note, and just in general, like fantasy genre movies. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like it's, it it maybe it's it's sets the initial bar. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, there had like I said, there had been some Thanks, before yeah. this, but go ahead, Dan. Well, but but no, I mean, I think I I I think that actually kind of gets to gets to the heart of it, in that like every, like almost every, you know, fantasy project that you know comes since like. Lord of the Rings is the bar. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, like it is, it, it is, it is very much an, an active benchmark for this is, you know, this is the quality of, of script and effects and acting that you're, that you're going for. Like you, your bar is here. So here you go. Mm. Um, at least in, in the context of, you know, um, big budget fantasy. Obviously, obviously, there, there's different bars depending upon how much of a fucking budget you have to do all the pieces. Um, the but for but GDP for any but for any <laughs> yeah, but for but but for any tentpole f- fantasy series movie, whatever. Like this is this this is this is your your bar. This this is your apex mountain that you have to you have to hit this. And if you don't, then more than likely people are gonna be like, "Well, eh, you know." And it was no Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, and that's and that's and that's literally, you know, that that's literally the you know the the criteria that that people will 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 judge it against. Does does it does it meet this bar? Well, I so. think that's probably how they sold Game of Thrones to HBO. They're like, "What if you had Lord of the Rings, but also there was titties?" <laughs> Because everybody likes titties, that is accurate. <laughs> and they were like, they just took another hit of cocaine. They're like, Can you make it tomorrow? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
What a weird little yeah. Place, All right. Uh, let's see. It's definitely not Apex Mountain for New Zealand because everybody knows that was the 2008 Ballarat Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> you say Ballarat uh, and... weird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Last and not least, who won the movie? Peter Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, that's, well, that's pretty easy, to be honest. That's right, right? I'm going right? to go outside of that and say Sean Bean. Oh, um, he's got a zag. We got a zag. <laughs> a zag? We're all z- yeah, because we, yeah, we're zigging toward Peter Jackson. You're like, no, yeah, I'm just all the way Sean Bean. Everybody does gonna, love to say touch Sean us. Bean. You say Sean, Sean Bean. Bean. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say Sean Bean him. because he had the most, I think, in that time character development. Um, even if it doesn't strike as like being instantly in your face character development, but then you think back on it, and like he came in as this sort of cocky warrior from Gondor, sent by his uh, his you know dad that's running the show. He goes in with a full head being all like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go get the ring and we're going to take it back as a weapon, blah, blah, blah. And then he then offers himself up as a traveling companion um, for the ring to go destroy it, which he's kind of hesitant about. And he constantly uh, struggles with the fact like nobody's giving it to him, nobody's listening to him about his idea. And, you know, he's trying to save his city, his people, all this sort of stuff. Uh, so much to argue with somebody that he knows is of Numenorian bloodline um, that could crush him in any given moment of the sense if he wanted to. Um, and then to not only trying to nab the ring from Frodo once again while he's alone, realizing he got that corruption and then going balls deep into fighting off literally half an army of Urukai, um to to He wasn't even fighting for Frodo at that point. He fought for two hobbits that he bonded over um you know he was training them to do sword fighting he was protective of them very fatherly to them and then he grows into this man that you know he was arguing with aragon saying that like uh you, you're just a ranger blah 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 to realizing like no you're you're a king and you're gonna save our people and i would have followed you you know having that sort of like becoming so humble from that um is incredible and i think he had the best character development in that entire film i think that's why he won the movie for me all really good points yeah what's his net worth Mm. huh what's his net worth (laughs) is is it 1.5 billion (laughs) dollars probably not (laughs) no Mm. I'm, i'm gonna go with i'm gonna hazard a guess before googling and say 15 mil i don't know who? For, well, for it probably him. was more, Warmier. but unfortunately, he leveraged a little bit too much into crypto, and he's had a real setback. <laughs> oh, damn it! No, it's twenty million. Damn it! One does not simply uh, as far buy as actually, all of the Terra Luna. Okay. Actually, if we're if we're saying from Boromir's perspective what his net worth would be, it would be a lot more than Peter Jackson. It's a, oh, God damn it! Boromir. No, but he yeah. died. Suck it, Boromir. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, Doom raises a good point. I mean, do any of the other characters have a have a meme that has spanned the internet all these years? I don't think so. So I, it might be. Stallion, that's a pretty good point. Stallion said where the digital. Where the digital one the I mean, I mean the I mean I mean <laughs> the whole the whole groundbreaking effects thing across you know, that movie and then obviously the other two. And then the the amount of work that they that they have continued to do 
for so many movies since then and and continually you know pushing effects envelopes as far as that goes so yeah i mean i mean that's a that's that is definitely one that's that's hard to argue with with them as a winner of mm. of the movie movie for sure i think we as the people won the movie because it was a victory for all of us also yeah. i mean yeah i mean that i mean that 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 does tend to be kind of the you know one of the kind of default answers that we fall back to with the with the rewatchables that that um that we do um in that you know we're not we're not doing re rewatchables on shitty movies mm. yeah mm. we're doing you know we're we're <laughs> we're doing <laughs> we're doing we're doing movies that like are you know that are you know generally good good slash interesting i know highlander may not technically good but it is interesting um and so and so yeah i mean you know we the people win these things that's kind of nice yeah i gotta say i'm loving the the, the sean bean zag answer though i look forward to frost hammer's next essay was Steve Kerr sneakily important to Jordan's second three-peat? Would Jordan have six rings if not for Steve Kerr? Yuck, sports. Ooh. <clears throat> um, I don't know anything yeah. about sports. <laughs> What's a Steve Kerr? Peter <laughs> Jackson, good good answer. Weta Digital, New Zealand, all, all good answers. I mean, I think they're all winners. Yeah. Hey, fuck you, Steve. They're all winners. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, wow. well, we did it under three hours. And, uh, well, Ooh. yeah, we, we, we come with well, so like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that was, that was pretty excellent. I, I hope, um, everyone out there watching enjoyed, uh, enjoyed three quarters of, of the crew here giving very <laughs> insightful, um, looks at a, at an amazing film that kickstarted, uh, kickstarted an epic trilogy well franchise really um, and also you know potentially put the, the entire New Zealand film industry on its back and said here we go people are going to want to come here and make some shit so um, I, I, when, I don't think we're going to do the other two films as rewatchable podcasts but um, off the back of talking about this film with you guys I, it's kind of got me wanting to watch the other two now <laughs> yeah um, i look right. forward to Ross um, and i are gonna have our own spin-off now, podcast I was, so. now I was about to say i'm looking forward to um mine and dk's commentary <laughs> cast i would um honestly i'd love hey. i absolutely love to watch it Oh, then, fan. Yeah. You want to be there? Then you yeah. Can, then you yeah, can you gotta do your homework this Sorry. time, fan. Jesus, I will do my fucking homework next time. Jesus, leave me alone. Yeah, this, that's then that's what it feels like when the fellowship doesn't include you. <laughs> Sorry, other get together, homies. Pippin. Stop knocking stuff and into the wall. That's why we brought Mary and Pippin along. <laughs> I, I want to come. I, I, you guys could come. Fuck. Throw yourself in next time and rid it your stupidity. Yeah, I bet he's gonna eat all the Landis bread. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I like, honestly, I would, I would watch the shit out of that show. Um, I, I enjoy uh, the the law, um, the law creators. I guess. Um, thank massive, massive thank you to Frost Hammer for coming and gracing us with your presence this week. 
Um, hey, massive thank you to you guys having me on. All good. I hope you enjoyed it. I, we enjoyed having you here. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> we were wax poetic. Talking about Lord of the Rings chilling with dudes like it's... <laughs> Hell what yeah, am I not stuff. to love about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do? Be, you know, outside? Yuck. Yeah. When are you guys <laughs> going to do Star Wars? Because, like, that's got lasers, and there is the Force, so... Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Just Man. saying. Now we're we got to bring this guy in as a creative consultant. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, if ever there was a time to be grasping at straws, that's the time. <laughs> um we uh this week we i don't know if we're gonna have laser force live this week we got to play uh earlier in the week we actually we played proper space marines proper 6v6 space marines for the first time nice. it seemed like a long time and it was real fun um we had we had um new players come in uh they held their own sneak sun had played his first members night um which Aww. just oh it was so oh just... wait i thought i was sneak son <laughs> and now and now i feel real old because i know how old sneak son is and i was like yeah. oh god damn it yeah it's he's really? like a like Fuck. a person now you know with words and you know thoughts and he actually held his own uh it was awesome to see and he it was the first time in, in a long time anyone's used the tunnels at auckland laser force um <laughs> it was it was That's just because you're all too old and decrepit to, to bend that low. i said weird like my f- my spine is fused in such a way that i can't physically bend down far enough <laughs> to move into those tunnels um yeah so that that was amazing uh we got to you know we built some lego this week uh we got to have a movie night we played Fortnite and weren't shit for some of it um it's been and a really exactly great part of it yeah exactly half of it <laughs> exactly half of it yeah uh this week uh hopefully we can have another uh another fun week um we we're going into a period over the next four to five weeks i think maybe four weeks where um scheduling conflicts will mean that uh dk and than will be doing alternate shows uh alternating shows sorry um yep. but it'll still be almost as good as what it normally is probably um it's a very low bar very low bar we have to meet <laughs> we are certainly not the lord of the rings of the podcasting world um <laughs> not even a little bit the that's accurate third best laser force centric podcast that there is and there's only one <laughs> we're number three we're number, we're three. number three um do you guys want to touch on anything before we before we head out for the day i think i i i feel like we have all touched enough tonight why we just hit that three hour (laughs) mark so we're gonna end on that note uh for this week thank you guys so much for joining us today i hope you really enjoyed it for this week i have been guy next door i've been dk and i've been than uh and it's frosty oh yes (laughs) i always like to pause there a little bit because i'm like this is gonna do it and he did it and it's awesome uh always remember to backtrack kids um, we will see you all next week. Kakiti or not.